record my amazing sexy voice. Is it in my headphones? What? Your amazing sexy voice? Oh, yes. Here I am. Uh, no, what it was, when you called, I didn't have my headset plugged in yet. Oh, okay. So I wanted to make sure it had worked. You seem to be okay. It appears so. How's it going, Destro? This makes me happy. How you doing, Robert? I'm doing very well. Nice. I've been cramming a ton of Harry Potter fan fiction in my brain all day long. <laughs> very nice. There are worse things to do with your day. That this is true. true. Very true. You could be I, going through your entire lawn and looking for dandelions like I was today. Ooh, you want to come to my house and do that? No. Absolutely not. You're no my, thighs hurt so much because I was also doing this yesterday and I cleared everything out and then I went out to look at it this morning and there's more yellow everywhere all over the place. So I had a, another delightful time going over and picking all of them up today. I have the weed killer fertilizer out too, which makes me kind of sad. The, that is kind of sad. What am I doing here? I'm adding cat. Uh, the thing that we found that works the best is that um, we have a little, like a, a the little tin thing that they use to put oil for the Tin Man in, you know, over the rainbow, the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, yes. I'm at a podcast well tonight. I can't actually find my words. Um, oh, nice. We found that if you put a couple of drops of kerosene, you fill hmm. the oil tin with kerosene, and you put a couple of drops of kerosene on the plant so that it can roll down the, you know, into the center of it, it kills the roots and then it dies. What the hell are you doing? We're polluting the environment. We're killing things. (laughs) Crazy Hufflepuffs. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a Hufflepuff. However, according to Pottermore, Catherine is. Yes, and Uh. and according to Pottermore, Cat and Robert are in the same house. I am now a Gryffindor. Uh-huh. Much too. Yeah, yeah not, you know, I struggled with it for a while, but I have since done some soul searching, and I think it's kind of a, for this point in my life, it's an accurate assessment. So um, it's who you are deep down. Well, dig this. Deep down. J.K. Rowling says it's I gotta, who I am. That's who I am. I got a message today from Melinda Leo. It turns out one of her kids was sorted to Slytherin. <laughs> yes, and one was sorted into Hufflepuff. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, um, is it Colin? No, Colin's the younger one. Colin is in Hufflepuff, and I think Connor. I Connor's think in Slytherin. One is in Slytherin, and he's just thrilled. <laughs> I, I, I sent her a message back immediately saying, congratulations on Slytherin. He's very excited about it. Uh, He's asked about me, apparently. That's always fun. That's special. One of my friends uh, started Parmore and got sorted into Slytherin, and she was absolutely mortified. And I I just just laughed at her because I was like, it's so true. And she's like, no, it's not. And I was like, okay, one, you're super ambitious. You get upset that there's more than a 15-unit cap because you want to take at least seven classes uh, a semester in school. And then you constantly complain about the idiots in your class and how they're all incompetent and fools. You're a Slytherin. It's like, get over yourself. You're a Slytherin. Oh, well. Yeah, my mom's a total total Slytherin. And, you know, 
She, every time I tell her that she is one, like, she gets all insulted. I'm just like, it's not that it's a bad thing, it's just that you're a Slytherin. She's yeah. like, no, I'm a, I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm just like, you are not a member of the Hufflepuffs, trust me. <laughs> I have to admit that the hat gave me a choice. You are a hat stall. I know. I was actually, apparently, of all the people I've talked to have taken it, didn't, I'm the only one I know that I had a choice, which was interesting. Oh, somebody else I, I know had a choice. Wait, you I'm gonna have to leave you for a moment. I need to call my father and wish him a happy birthday. Well, okay. Yeah. Do you want to put him on the phone and we'll sing to him? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that, that, that's not no. a birthday gift. That's like I'm a birthday to... gift. I have introduced Catherine to my parents. I've introduced Catherine's parents to my parents. I'm not ready to introduce you and uh, introduce them to Fofa. Oh, you can. That's not, a level of commitment I'm not oh, quite prepared to make. <laughs> hit her on, hit her on, hit her on. Oh man. PS is gonna hate me tonight. Oh yay, home run! Mm-hmm. Game are you watching? Uh the Orioles versus the White Sox. So I'm I'm kinda glad that PS is not online right now because <laughs> we'd most most likely be yelling at each other. Yeah, that would not be good. I'd kick you both off. I was gonna say, wasn't PS supposed to be on this cast? Mm-hmm. Hey Sue, while I was reading today. I got an idea for a podcast. Oh, yeah? Like, one that would work. Like, and one that I wouldn't have to depend on other people for. Well, it wouldn't probably be a total solo production, because I'm still not confident in my own acting abilities. But basically, the idea of it would be, what was the one thing that people only really cared about on Spellcast? That is the garage door beneath me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. This house is very, uh... If my brother starts playing music, I'm probably going to go tell him to turn it off, because I can probably hear every bit of it. Mm-hmm. So, well, the, the we'll walls in this house. Very soon, since you have to leave soon. And soon okay, well, we can box. start, because oh, I'm back, is. because my parents, evidently, are not home. I called the dinner. house. They're not there. Of course not. They went out to dinner like good parents on their birthday. It's 9.20. My folks are getting on the older side. They, they don't like to be out too late. Well, maybe they're out celeb- um, mourning Dick Clark. <laughs> Wait, did you just say out celebrating celebrating slash morning. mourning? I changed it to mourning. Because <laughs> like, with the lag, it sounded like celebrating mourning Dick Clark. I was like, wait a minute, you're celebrating the mourning of the death of some man. Very sad. Very sad. It is very sad. How um, often is the garage door going up and down? Well, it was up, and then they just put it down. Okay. <laughs> it happens every five minutes. It's going to be one of those things that's just going to be a poof of podcast deal. I was like, are we going to name the door like we named Aaron's keyboard? Possibly. We could. <laughs> we could. Keyboard. Oh, God, that thing is the bane of my existence. We or named it. We know. What's its name? I can't remember. Herbie. Herbie. Yes, we named it Herbie. Man, that guy, I swear. We figured out where to set his microphone. Mm-hmm. We did at one point, and it was good for a long time, and then he left, and then he came back, and it had gone back to normal. Yeah. It was very uh-huh. loud. Normal for Mr. Maslenic is very uh, feedback loud. loud. But That's we love amazing. It. So it's yes, no, 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 it's Mr. Boy, you, you two have really uh, cooled things off. Oh, yeah, we are definitely, yeah. We are, oh, God, I completely just reminded when you said that, I was like, what is he <laughs> Oh, yeah. That one guy on Potterfic Weekly who thought Aaron and I were shacking up in a gay couple. Not that there's anything wrong with that. 
yeah, that never happened. I think, both, I think we gave each other a hug at Azcatraz, and I think that's the closest we ever got. So, so for those of you who were interested in that pairing, yeah, not going to happen. Aww. Very disappointing, I know. Sounds very disappointing. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Very no, 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 never, no, 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 I think his girlfriend would be kind of upset about that. Yeah, well. But, uh, no, I, I'm really sad because, like, all the things I really want to talk about in this fic are the chapters that were last week. Well, we'll, we'll start it. We'll let you say we'll play catch things. it. Well, I don't... I gotta figure out how I want to say this. Because if I'm not careful, I'm just gonna come off as a massive dick. And that's my only concern. Do I get to leave that in the podcast? I am a massive dick. Um, preferably not. I mean, this is also a podcast, but then again, this is also the same podcast that talks about how I've done We Fit Naked before, so I guess in reality, if I say, yeah, but... Yeah, we just, never done we just had a trivia like, night, and I brought up both We Fit Naked and you and Aaron as a couple. Yep. Because uh, I love you. I'm glad that the highlights of my Potterfic Weekly career melt down to me being naked and having a fake gay relationship with one of my co-hosts. <laughs> not I, not I like the hard analysis. I brought up PBS. PBS yes, too. thank you. Yes. Good old PBS. I, you know, I'm, I I was trying to talk to him the other day, but he's just so hard to get a hold of. He really there's a like window of opportunity on certain days that you can get a hold of him, and other than that, like there's no getting a hold of Ryan. But Rob, to to make you feel better, my kids during the winter retreat, you know that I have kids with, you know, the Sunday school and all that. Uh So my my kids found, like, were able to finagle their way into my cell phone. Mm -hmm. And they, like, went into my text messages. Why they were interested in my text messages, I have no idea. But they found my text messages between Death and I. And they're like, is he your boyfriend? I'm just like, I'm pretty sure his fiancé would object to that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were con- the entire weekend, they were convinced that he-, he was my boyfriend. And, like, you know, I was just not telling them that, like, I had a boyfriend. And I'm just like, he lives in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, long-distance relationships here. Yeah, they don't work. Kufwayan long distance relationships. They're they're highly successful. Mm-hmm. So you're you're not the only one that people <laughs> inaccurately think. Of course well, they're sorry. did propose marriage to me the very first time I ever spoke to him, so that's pretty long distance too. You tried uh-huh. to set me up with Mike on multiple occasions. I'm just trying to imagine Mike herding chickens. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was because I wasn't afraid of cockroaches, and that's why. Sutras. Because you, we know Mike's, you know, criteria for getting married. She has to kill all the cockroaches. The woman needs to be reasonably intelligent, reasonably okay, good, good, and kill the cockroaches. And he's willing to compromise on the first two. <laughs> so as long as he can compromise on the first two, I think I could slide in there. And he did offer me a plane ticket, but. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't think, think it would work. He doesn't think you're reasonably intelligent? Shame, Mike. Shame. He, he didn't say that. But, you know. <laughs> but anyhow, I think we should start this podcast because we only have Robert for another hour and a half because he has... Well, well it's okay. Well, they, apparently they're not going to be showing up until 8.30. And because okay. one, I'm concerned that it would be a noise issue for you guys. And then two, apparently I'm getting uh, kidnapped to play 
Munchkin zombies or something to the effect of that. So I love Munchkin so much. I've never played it before. So oh, it's such a fun game. Munchkin is a very reasonably fun game. That's what I used to do. Zombie version of it. Yeah, Munchkin is what I used to play. Booty version. I played the regular version. Every afternoon, every afternoon during lunchtime, that's what we did. A big table like eight of us would just spend an hour and a half just playing Munchkin. Nice. Okay, so then I should look forward to this then. Yes, it's a lot of fun. You should look forward to it. Okay. Times. Well, I have to say before we start the podcast, I want to share this real quick. I had I got Chinese food for dinner, which should be interesting in and of itself. But besides that, I got a uh, a fortune cookie, mm-hmm. and it, it states, "Your love life will be happy and harmonious." <laughs> I was like, no, after reading this thick, I don't want it to be. Uh, I want you to scan that and post it. Okay, so just out of curiosity, so I can kind of get a feel of the vibe of the room, because I used to do this on Spellcast, so I know who would be coming from where. Like, how does everyone feel about this fanfic? Because I know, Death, this is your rec, right? This is my recommendation. So you, you love this like it's your own child. I wouldn't say that. Um, no. Okay. It's definitely one of the better that I've read, and it's one I've read recently, and it's lengthy, which is always a plus. Yes, reading it beforehand is always good. Okay. Instead of trying to cram it all in one little thing. I read it. I liked it. I mean, if I hadn't thought it was a decent fic, I wouldn't have added it to the schedule. Um, I don't love it. It's not to Mm -hmm. die for. Uh, But... You know, this is my second read, and I'm not having any problems with it. I mean, there's things, you know, there's the haircuts and the clothes shopping, and, you know, it, it, it seems I have to comments get... on all of this stuff. I really do. It, oh, I do, too. It's very so familiar themes. Yeah. There's a um, lot of uh, themes, familiar themes, this too, is, there. This is very much in the style of the fifth-year fic. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like I really felt some. Uh, well, you know, what, I'll tell you what, let's say it for the podcast. We'll start. Um, I just wanted on that. Well, I was gonna say I want to take a minute so I can go tell my brother who is in the room next to me to please kind of keep it quiet so you guys don't get feedback. Okay. And then uh, I'll be right back. I'll just for very quickly. Um, first two chapters really set me off in the wrong way, uh, but I've slowly begun to begin to like the fic the further I go. So cool. that's kind of my feel of it. Um, sure. anyway, how did I put you all on mute again? Okay, I'll be right back. I'm just going to leave this up. Right, I'll be right back. Um, <laughs> he's going to leave. Well, while he's doing that, I'm going to turn the light on because it's going to get really dark in here in a few out in an hour, and then I'll be sitting in the dark in that one. Together. And this is my first read through this. I haven't read ahead. I've been very careful. I've, I've wanted to read ahead, but I've been very careful not to. There are things that I like about it, and there are things that I definitely don't. Okay. And... I'll be interested to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I reread the chapters from last week because I did not like the fact that I like virtually skimmed over the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, when does that happen? I don't remember reading that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I definitely am intrigued at the very least. It's not like a categorically bad fic, so I'm not turned off by it. So I'm just interested in where it's, it's going to go. It's not hard to please me as far as, you know, what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what I was saying before about this feels like a fifth-year fic, even though it wasn't written after Goblet of Fire, it, it's done 
in that style, deliberately so, I think, mm-hmm. to sort of bring back the vibe of those times. And I really like yeah. that, because this is one of my favorite points in the canon to read and write from. I will say this definitely feels like a lot of the fic that I read after, you know, we, we, we got the fourth book, and it was the first minute release, and we all, you know, obsessed, the, you know, read through it very speedily, and then we were stuck for another several years, so a lot of the fanfic that I was reading during that time, just getting into pretty, like, a lot bigger fanfiction I was reading in this style. So it, I read a lot a that bit. felt like this is this is very comfortable. This is a well-written amalgamation of a bunch of concepts that I've seen. There's a little bit of nostalgia in this, certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm back. Um, I've got some slightly bad news, <laughs> or potentially humorous news. Uh, basically, my brother is a, uh, uh, well, he's currently student teaching a history class, mm-hmm. and they're going to World War II right now, and... They're going to be using, I guess, some clips from Band of Brothers. Have you guys seen Band of Brothers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he's going to be watching it downstairs. And depending on how well he watches it, and because this house echoes pretty loudly, during our discussion of our Slice of Life fanfic, <laughs> you'll be hearing gunshots and mortars going off in the background. So, Are you going to be going... Get down, get down! Get down, get down! <laughs> yeah, no, I won't be. The, the sound effects might. So, uh, just, unfortunately, the way that this house works, I, 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 there's not much I can do about it. It'll um, be fine. It'll okay. I figured it's perfectly. And... No one cares about audio quality here. We have birds in the background. And dogs yeah. and cats. and Yeah. No <laughs> okay. The cage door is closed right now, so they're being kind of quiet. This is kind of quiet. I've heard them at least four times already. Yes, this is kind of quiet. Yeah, no, they're, they're being quiet. They're, they're being quiet. They're being very quiet. So, all right. Well. Oh wait, almost. Uh, I just want to get my some of my notes up. I stopped taking I stopped taking notes to in order to like speed read as fast as I possibly could. Okay. Um, the only ones I really have. Oh, by the way, in all my notes, I have nicknamed her Miney Whore Miney. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Uh, this is gonna be interesting. It is gonna yes. be a fun podcast. Indeed. And on that note, you guys are all significantly breaking up for me. Am I breaking up for you guys? No, no. No, you're okay. fine. And okay, with only four, it shouldn't be going on. And I'm on full bars. Yeah. Well, sometimes our internet connection fluctuates, so you never know. Yeah. Well, and we can you hear me that. now? <laughs> I'm cursed. Yes, we are cursed. <laughs> that was good. Did you hang up on us? Yeah, I went to like click my little Skype window and my mouse just landed directly on the hang up button. Mm-hmm. That happened to me last week. It did. I'm a, I'm a smart cookie. Yay. I was distracted right. by PV, okay. who is the so, White Sox pitcher. So my level's okay. Yes. Like, okay. Can you adjust? I can. No, we're good. Although, okay, I okay. check me because I always tend to be way too soft. Okay, there we go. Hey, Ron. The next time you're. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. 
Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? My Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. But <laughs> I was planning on getting ravished anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax? Two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Potterfic Weekly, where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Deathrill. I'm Kat. And I'm Robert. And today we are going to be doing the next few chapters of, say it, Death. Vox Corporis. Chapters 12 through 22. Yes. By Miss Anthropic. Yes. And Which is a very silly name if you think about it. Oh, there he goes again. Indeed it is. And in true Pufa fashion, someone is at my door. <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing it's one of the cats. That was fun. Who was the door? The dog. Okay. Bouncing the screen door against the door. Tink, tink, tink. Okay, okay, I gotta go get that. Bonnie! Bonnie! So we're gonna try to do this more from notes than skimming the chapter. Works, because the chapters are fairly short and not really involved. That's true. They're to the point. Yeah. So we have uh, a routine that's established as Harry settles in at the Granger's. I think it's really funny that he thinks he has to get up every morning to bid Jake and Miranda farewell. And he sleeps in one morning, and he almost misses them, and he's rushing out, and he, he's missing one slipper, and... His glasses. His glasses are, are falling off, and his hair is a mess, of course, and he's apologizing so much for almost missing them, and he promises he'll be there on time in the morning, and they just say, Harry, you, you, you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. And summer holidays. You can sleep in, dear. It's okay. You can sleep until noon if you want to. It's fine. Yeah. And one, I appreciate that they're the cool sort of parents who just say, hey, it's summer, relax, good mm-hmm. times. Um, and it really gives Harry and Hermione a, a slice of idyllic childhood, um, the sort that we're all very nostalgic about, no responsibilities, no cares in the world, just be a kid do your homework, and have fun. Mm -hmm. And it is fun. Uh, I really enjoyed these chapters here tonight. And I enjoyed the Granger household because, as Harry says, there are no gnomes, there's no ghouls, no ghosts, or any other G creatures to deal with. And (laughs) their days are filled with talk. 
and yeah. Harry is discovering that he really likes to talk, just casual conversation, and he's all of the little things that he never learned about Hermione before, because Ron would always butt in with a joke or something, and it's just something he's never had, is to sit and talk and interact primarily with just one person, or in this case, a small group of people, meaning mm-hmm. her parents as well. Right. And this is all new for him, and he likes it. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, if he was at the Dursleys, he'd be doing slave labor, and if he was at Ron's, then, you know, it's just this crazy wild household, and you can't hardly get a word in edgewise. So this is uh, more intimate. And it's fun to sit and talk to people. I mean, if it wasn't, we wouldn't do this every week. That's oh, what a podcast is. All this talking about things we all enjoy and have in common, which is, in this case, Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Right. And we tell uh, stories about our past, and we relate to each other, and we become closer. And that's we we love to talk. So mm-hmm. what they're doing here is a very human sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that kind of uh, stuck out for me in the chapter, and this probably could have been addressed in an earlier chapter, so I apologize if this is a retread for you guys discussion-wise, but uh, that uh, Harry apparently seems to become an iron chef and is uh, doing all the cooking for the Granger household. Well, I believe that he's lunch. an iron chef. Um, okay. Aaron, well. I, I, Aaron, what do I? I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm my my better half, Aaron. Yes, that's Playing the part of Aaron tonight will be Robert. Okay, wait, Robert. I, I spent, bang I your keyboard. Bang uh-huh. your keyboard. Oh, bang your keyboard. Oh, it's oh, not the same. Sorry. You I'm sorry. I have very soft keys. <laughs> What, what I meant to, what I meant to say was that Harry, not Aaron, was you know raised from depending on what fic you read, um, like from the age of five or eight, could you know cook really really well because that's the chores that Petunia always gave him. So I'm not ever too bothered by Iron Chef Harry. Um, Sometimes it goes a little out of control where he's cooking like five course meals and then I'm just like, <laughs> that's, you know, not exactly what's going on. But I did like in chapter, and I know we covered this last week, but I did like in chapter 11 where he just made vegetable soup. Mm-hmm. And that's fairly simple to make. It, I mean, it takes time to cook it from scratch, but it's fairly simple to make and, and it's not like a big deal. And he doesn't think of it as a big deal, but... Miranda Granger thinks it's a big deal because what 15-year-old knows how to make vegetable soup from scratch unless they're going to culinary school? Mm-hmm. Well, that in because her husband and daughter can't cook a, a lick. Right. Peanut butter sandwiches. That's all they can do. Well, they can grill. Yes. They, they can cook. char meat. Yes. Well. Mmm, charred meat. Mmm, charred meat. Mmm, charred meat. Uh-huh. I loved that moment, too. It completely and utterly reminded me of a moment in Stargate where Jack O'Neill is there cooking, and he's like, what are you doing, burning meat? What's the secret ingredient? It's beer. Yep. (laughs) Which reminds me of so many summer afternoons in my family. We grill a lot at my place. Grilling's good. Except I went to grill the other day, and the uh, barbecue, the inside of the barbecue is full of mold because our weather is not conducive to Ew. 
overwintering the barbecue. So, so that's what the secret ingredient was. Yes. <laughs> Aren't you glad you didn't come for a meal? I kind of am now, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a side note, though, that breakfast place is actually pretty good. It was very good. It was very good. Bread and ink. Anybody comes to Oregon? Bread and ink. Yay. Wait, what? Bread and ink. You didn't do that. No. No, I took you to Powell's. I took Robert to bread and ink. (laughs) Okay. You know, can I I be honest with you, Sue? That morning, I had two full breakfasts. I know you did. did. Okay, I did tell you, okay. My stomach wanted to die that day. Just like it just explode because there's like two meals right in a row. It's just ah. Yeah. He knows about second breakfast. Second breakfast. It wasn't just like second breakfast, like a bowl of cereal and then like I don't know another bowl of cereal, but like full course breakfast meal at like this sports bar, and then like full course breakfast meal like at this nice cafe thing, uh, breakfast place. It was just, like, so much food. Yeah, Sue and I went to Voodoo and had maple bacon bars with real bacon on top. That's what I forgot to do last time I was in Portland. It was so good. Aw, Robert, I'd have taken you to Voodoo. Yeah, it's okay. I'll probably be up there sometime in the next couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Next time I'm getting a full dozen... (laughs) <laughs> bacon bars, and we're taking them back to a food place and eating them over the next few days. I don't oh. know what you're talking about, but it sounds delicious. Talking about getting sick. Voodoo Donuts is a, also a Portland staple. They have maple bacon bars. They also have voodoo cream-filled donuts with steaks through their heart. And um, if you're a bride and going there for your wedding party, they have donut penises. Yes, they do. Wow. Okay there. So yeah. Are, are they are they cream filled? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> curious. I don't know. I haven't had don't one. Don't not go there. <laughs> don't not go there. Don't, don't not go, go there. there. Bum bum. Okay. So. Well, now that I've effectively derailed the podcast, my first time ever in podcasting history, <laughs> Mister Robert Spellcast, who refuses to go off topic. I now feel like I've completed something. I'm We're so excited. proud of you. I know. I'm like a true so, Kuwaitian now. There you go, Dan. So they're working on the homework, and they're just banging it out. They're doing a class every day. Potions mm-hmm. takes two days. And then there's the History of Magic essays, which they never quite finish. Takes forever, takes forever. To, oh, we can't do it. Oh, it's so boring. Oh, I think Ben's just channeling himself through the assignment. I'm falling asleep. Oh. Harry's just not into this at all. Nope. I kind of like, because I've, I've seen Harmonian Fix where Harry is instantly into homework, and it's just like, no. No. Harry has, Harry has never been into homework. No. Mm-hmm. It's a very bad habit he's picked up from Ron. Yes. Because I remember in the very first book, even before he went to Hogwarts, he was reading his History of Magic book, and he thought it was very enjoyable. And that's where he got the name for Hedwig. Yeah. The birds agree with me. There you go. <laughs> the birds always agree with you. And, but we, we do have, <laughs> we have Kat last week who said, uh-oh, they're talking about his clothes. That means they're going shopping. This, there's yeah, going to be did. shopping in this fic, and that's the first, first thing that happens is Miranda takes Harry shopping, and I love <laughs> that when he comes home, he says, 
I almost feel bad for Dudley because Petunia used to keep him out all day, not just three hours like I was. He must have just about died. Almost feel sorry for him. Not quite. What I really liked, though, what I really liked was that it happened off camera. Mm-hmm. And we I was don't just about have to, to go through that painful, painful scene that we, we've all read it. Mm-hmm. And it's always bad. And I'm just... I'm, I'm so glad they just exited stage left and Hermione says, ah, they'll have fun. And she starts to read a book. And she's I was, thinking about him. And, well, I was going to say, kind of to add to that, like, what I appreciate, I really appreciate it even more because I was really expecting it. Because at this point in the story, there seems to be um, what I would call, like, we're moving into, like, a slice of life deal. Kind of like, you know, it's just the day-to-day, you know, activities that are going on. It's like, oh, now we're going to get the, sh- the shopping chapter. So it's like yeah. this, like, nice surprise of, like, what? I don't have to go shopping either? Yes! It's a wicked fake. I love it. And it's just taking a cliche and turning it on its head. It exactly. happens, Props but we don't see it. One. I-, I think it's great. And then he comes home, and he knocks on her door and she jumps a foot because she wasn't expecting them and she's like, Harry, back so soon! And he's like, soon! Yeah, we're, we were gone for hours! hours. <laughs> Until Harry started, as Miranda puts it, looking a little flighty. Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was getting ready uh, to run for it, so we brought him home. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he had ice cream and Crookshanks rats him out because Crookshanks is like sniffing his breath going, ooh, Can I, I know s- what you've been doing! Can I say, I, I love how Crookshanks doesn't let Hermione sleep in on the weekends because he wants his breakfast on time. Right. It's very mm, demanding. Now. Yeah. Exactly. And we, we, anyone who has had a cat knows this is true. No, my, my cat doesn't wake me up at, you know, 6 a.m., biting my ankles, expecting food. No, Not at all. Not at all. Mine have gotten really smart. We ignore them and bat them away if they come after our our feet or our, our faces. But they know that if they scratch on the antique carpet or the the uh, oh, walls, oh, 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 they'll oh. get up very quickly. Uh, so that's what they do. You yell and throw things at them when you do, but they don't care because they've got you up. She only bites my ankles in the morning. It's very weird. Well, and Mom has bought Hermione a new bathing suit. And Harry is slightly embarrassed as he hands it over, but she's got her brain on something else and she's not paying any attention. So yeah, And she, she just... declares to her mom that she loves it without even looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just commented, mm-hmm. this will be a bikini. And it mm-hmm. may even be the skimpy black bikini that gets passed around from fic to fic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I have a question. Oh, oh boy. And I haven't researched, so I don't know. But are swimming pools a common thing in London? It doesn't... I mean, Crickets. I can see a swimming pool in California, but, I mean, pools? Do they have pools? Do, are they properly in London? Hold on. I don't quite know where she is, but... To Google! Cat's Googling. No, I'm not Googling. I'm actually wondering if my British friends are still on Twitter, because there was one... Um, who was on about an hour ago, and I'm going to try and see if she's up. Uh, I tried for Daniel, but he was not on. Which Daniel? Like British Daniel? Yes. Yeah, he's never on. He's on Facebook quite often. He never answers me, but he's on Facebook quite often. But anyway. They seem to be large buildings with swimming pools in them. 
like their big community. Well, I don't know if that's just what Google's coming up with. Well, and I can see that, but back I, I just don't know about backyard swimming pools. I, it just seemed like a weird thing to me. And like I said, I've not researched it. I don't know. It just kind of made me go, really? They have okay. pools? It's out there in Twitterverse, so okay. if someone responds to me, I will be very impressed. <laughs> we'll wait and see if we get the answer. In the meantime, I know the answer. It's because the hat says so. And okay. we're moving on to our next point. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Uh, so we've got because him. That, that, that is the only answer, is because the plot says so. Mm-hmm. Did, did you say the hat said so at yes. first? He did say at the first, hat yes. said so at first. That's his new thing. Okay. The hat does say so. Mr. Hat. So, and before oh, we oh, get to the, any pool sequence, Hermione brings up the idea of getting in shape. Mm-hmm. She says, we, we should get in shape. Quote, okay, honestly, I thought about me getting in shape. You're already rather well off there. He doesn't think so, but yeah. Yeah, and they decide that they're going to ask her dad if they can borrow his old weights from when he was going to be in a rugby club and just the idea of a bunch of dentists playing rugby. Yeah, that's kind of bad. <laughs> is, is the winning team going to perform dentistry on the losing team? <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe. Uh, but I like her. I like what he says to her because he hands her a book, which you know he can barely lift, and she takes matter-of-factly, and he says... You don't need to work out with weights. You lift these bloody books all the time, and they're yeah, and it's history of magic. <laughs> and you carry three or four or five of them. I don't know what your problem is. But He's got a point. Oh, I know he has a point. <laughs> the other thing is, like, Hermione's fifteen, and I do not, I, I do not have like the pretty girl's body type. But I was skin and bones when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. and I just have never pictured. Hermione is someone who would like just sits up one day and says, "I think I should lose weight and I think I should work out more." Well, I don't think she's doing it to lose weight. I think she's doing it for strength. I think she's doing it to not die. Yeah, she's hoping that it'll give her some sort of something <laughs> when they go up against old Voldy Shorts. Yeah. Well, yes. I think well, one of the. Th- go ahead, Robert. I was going to say because, like, if I remember correctly, and I admit I kind of crammed a lot of these chapters in, so it's all kind of a big mushy mess in my brain at the moment, but, like, I remember, like, her looking, like, appraising herself, and she wasn't too pleased. Um, yeah, that's a little bit later when she puts on the... the okay. Alright, good. Then it's just... That's okay. a completely different sort of criticism. Okay, but I guess what's confusing to me, and this is kind of take a little bit off course, because... Uh, but... Us off course? No. I know, never. surprising, is that... And it's uh, you. I know, what I you? say, that's two. <laughs> I'm on a roll! No, is that, like, okay, so... The thing that really caught my attention when I first started reading the fic in general was that the author said that her canon is basically the movies and yes. that she's picking from the books, which is surprising because I don't think I've ever seen that from an actual author saying that. So it was interesting for me to read. But so it kind of confuses me. Is So it's like so throughout this entire fic, I've imagined not necessarily Hermione as like Hermione as I view her in the books, like, you know, the, the image but I had before but it's Emma Watson. So for me, it's kind of frustrating. It's like this this girl who seems to be very unsure of herself looking like Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, it does, it's like, really? Yeah, but really? you know, it's it's realistic. I, I, I mean, the way I 
in reading this fic, settled myself with that, is she's using Book Hermione, because I can't see it any other way. Because I can't see Emma Watson doing half this stuff, even as her, in her, her portrayal in the movies. I don't know. There was a girl I went to high school with, and she was very pretty, but she was convinced that this part or that part was wrong, and as a result, the whole package was completely ugly. Oh no, this that's happens. a common. It's a common thing, but you know, at no point in the movies is Hermione, you know, bingo. Then that's what I'm getting at. Bothered mm-hmm. by her shape. She's bothered by the fact that Ron doesn't notice her, but right. she's not bothered by the way she looks. And so I was just like, you know what? It has to be a book, Hermione, because otherwise... Movies are also from Harry's point of view, and and Harry's an idiot. (laughs) You can make the argument that books are also from Harry's perspective as well. I would say that, yeah. We we never escaped the Harry glasses in any point in canon. So it's it's not not that I'm trying to criticize... I'm not trying to, like, criticize the author's Hermione. It just, for me, it was really confusing. Because it's like, okay, I'm in this mindset. This is what I'm expecting. And now it's like this total paradigm shift of like, oh wait, I'm expecting the character to act one way, but then now they're acting a complete different way. Right. So I agree with you there. I do. And given the fact that so much of what we do read is based on the books, I don't think it really threw me to have it in there. Because I know we're all picturing Dan and Emma when Mm -hmm. we're reading this, Mm -hmm. and we should be. I know we all do anyway, but now we explicitly should be, and... I don't know. It, it's a really good point. Well, they decided... That's like the only point I had. I'm done for the rest of the book. I'm done. Okay, but very good. Time. It was nice to have you. Right. Sorry, Sue. You can cut that out. I apologize. That was just... No, it's cool. Okay, so Hermione's gone. They've decided to take a break because he's having trouble with his history of magic. She's gone into the kitchen because Kimmy's been cooking cookies. And she Yay, sees her mother cookies. out the window. And her mother, like, lurches back. And, um... I'm sorry... Alex is outside my door going, meow, 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 and he's being very distracting. So, um, Miranda has found a snake in the garden. Yes. And she jumps back and she's like, Hermione, get the hoe and I'll kill it. And she's like, don't kill it, I'll get Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and Miranda's like, what? What, what are you talking about? What? And Harry, and she's like, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> And he comes running. There's a snake, and they go, "Oh, okay." And I suppose you want me to handle it. Yeah. Well, you know, you're the guy. It's kind of like cockroaches with Mike. You got to go deal yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and talks to him. It's this little brown thing, and he picks it up, and everything's cool. And it turns out that it's hiding from Crookshanks, mm-hmm. which is a nice little echo of Crookshanks hunting things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he, which is always fun. He and- reaches down to. To let it climb up his hand, and Miranda has a fit. Uh-huh. So, and, you know, she didn't mean you any harm, but you startled her. And Miranda's like, I startled her? What about me? And he just sort of smiles. And I guess we're assuming that it's a venomous snake, because she's reacting like it's a venomous snake. That's mm. yeah. small and brown. I don't know if there's very many venomous reptiles in Britain. Google. Google, what do you say? To Google! To Google once again, but we, uh... I have news. Yes. Okay, so my my Scottish friend says there are no, like, backyard swimming pools in Britain. The super fancy ones uh, are, like, indoor heated ones, like, 
in mansions and stuff, but outside ones are really, really rare because it's never warm. Okay. All right. That's kind of what I thought. So let's assume that this swimming pool here has a structure around it. <laughs> okay. I uh, will go for that. And according to Yahoo Answers, uh, there is only one, the adder. Well, the adder would be a very venomous snake. Is an adder brown? Well, they say it is poisonous, but it isn't very dangerous since venom isn't very effective on an animal the size of a human. It would certainly be unpleasant, but most unlikely to be life-threatening unless you had some kind of rare allergy to it, like a bee sting. Oh, it's like a bee sting? All right. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I'm, I have never been stung by a bee, bee, and I never plan to. Okay. I've been stung once, and I'm only... This is how I found out I was kind of allergic, I guess you could say, because I got stung on like my pinky, and then I woke up the next morning, and my entire left arm was swollen. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much not a fan of bees. In fact, my friends love to make fun of me, because like no matter how hard I try, like... I am, like, deathly afraid of bees. Like, they literally cause me to, like, run and scream like a little girl as far as I possibly can. Oh, no, even that a... would have been fun to watch. <laughs> like, no, de- like, this is a true story. Like, it's not Pufuemi and Jen level, but, you know, this, this is as far as I'll get. So, basically, like, I sit down in my car, and all of a sudden there's, like, this massive honeybee on my right leg. And I close the door behind me, and, like, it felt like almost like, it was almost kind of like slow motion, like, action film kind of feel to it, like, my brain. Because, like, what do I do? Everything's slowing down. It's like, I could open the windows and try to swat up, but it'll probably sting me. I know. I will quickly open the door, throw myself out of my vehicle, and run as fast as humanly possible back into the house. And that's what I did. Kind of screaming along the way, and then slamming the door behind me and locking it, just in case the bee knew how to open lock, unlock doors. Oh, well, yeah, because, you know, they're good at that. <laughs> Never they'll, they'll fly through the keyhole. Uh huh. Well, Robert, I will tell you that if you had that bad of a reaction to a bee sting, then your next one will be worse. So you're oh, probably exciting. good to be afraid of them. And you yeah, should probably get some epinephrine or something. Get an EpiPen. Save your life. Yep. Bees. Mm, well, the adder is the only venomous snake native to Britain. They have the most highly developed venom injecting mechanism of all snakes, but they are not aggressive animals. They will only use their venom as a last means of defense, usually if caught or trodden on. No one Unless... has died from no one has died from adder bite in Britain for over twenty years. For proper treatment, the worst effect uh, with proper treatment, the worst effects are nausea and drowsiness, followed by severe swelling and bruising in the area of the bite. Most people who are bitten were handling the snake. Treat adders with respect and leave them alone. This is brought to you by the Forestry Commission of Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And that's unless you read the Redwall series and then, you know, adders are like murderous, evil creatures. Mm-hmm. Poor snakes. I have a preschooler right now that is engrossed with snakes. He tells me every morning, I played with a king cobra last night. And I say, no, you didn't. <laughs> but I, I played with a snake last night. I said, well... Maybe, but you didn't play with a king cobra. Sorry. I'm not believing this one. So There's a photo of me uh, with a boa constrictor around my neck. Like, not like wrapped like a scarf, but like it's around my shoulders in California. And like, I'm of course like maybe three feet tall at a time. So this thing is like the size, like twice the size of me. 
And I'm just like, I can't hold it up. They have to. They had to like hold it up so like it could be taking a picture of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Miranda is upset about the snake talking thing, and that makes Hermione mad, and she snaps. That makes another. Hermione's chest monster come out. Yes, it does. <laughs> and she snaps at you know her mother, and then you know you don't judge him for talking to snakes, and. Miranda's no, like, it's no. not the talking to them. It's the picking them up. Yeah. And then she says, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. It's just at school. People picked on him. <laughs> they were mean uh. to my Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide that Harry and Hermione, they're going to go to the park. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I'll just get a book. And yeah. why do you need a book? <laughs> Harry's like, what are you taking a book to the mm-hmm. park for? Is that, Am I that boring? I, I, oh. And I love how it just never even occurred to her not to take a book. Right. Because reading in the park is delightful. Well, it is. Not if you when you're with somebody. Yeah, well, she doesn't usually go with somebody, so there you go. She's not That's used to having she's forever friends. alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And so here we go, off with Kimmy, and of course, being a responsible dog owner... That She's on a leash. Not on a leash just kills me, but okay. <laughs> I, I can handle this. Because um, Britain doesn't have dog leash laws at all. Apparently oh. they don't. Nope. <laughs> and they, she wants to know if he thinks Kimmy's keeping in touch with Dumbledore. I'm sorry. You guys podcast. I'll be back. I can't stand it anymore. Okay. He's now ripping the uh, <laughs> lining out of my door. <laughs> oh, bad Alex. Bad, Alex. Bad. What did we say? He knows how to get in and out because he knows yeah. exactly what to go after. He, he knows what buttons to push. He does. So, I'll be right back. I gotta take care of something. I'll be back. In question. <laughs> We're dropping like flies. We really are. All right, cat. Let's save it. So they're discussing: Is homework really fun for him? And she's worrying that he's bored and, and just acquiescing to her and he says no no homework is really fun yeah oh it's really fun oh yes yes don't yeah. don't be worried it's really fun uh, and it's swimming but at least he can go swimming yes yay swimming. yay swimming which is apparently not a plausible solution in great britain but sure hey, it is. whatever they, it's- they have an indoor structure that <laughs> yeah. they, they have an indoor pool they have a structure around the pool i believe it totally and they get to hermione's favorite spot in the park and there's a lovely description of the playground and just this huge sloping areas. And That's I'm picturing the wide park. angle shots of New Zealand and stuff. <laughs> and this is where Hermione made the decision to go to Hogwarts. Yes. And I think it's really interesting that it's cast as a decision rather than, oh, there was never a choice once I knew I was a witch, I was going to go. Because she, at 11 years old, had to choose to give up everything that she knew mm-hmm. and well not give up but let go of everything she knew and set off on this magical adventure and that's a really big thing to put on an 11 year old well and i think it's it an Im- interesting like alteration of perspectives because for harry who grew up hated and abused and neglected it was it wasn't even like a decision really it was just you know he was going to hogwarts yeah, and there was no. He would have gone that tag if he would have, if he could have. 
Right. He would, yeah, he would, I mean, he would have, if, if someone said, hey, guess what, you know, your second cousin's grandfather's still alive, he would have gone with, like, it's just whatever it took to get out, out of the Dursleys situation, like, he was willing to go for it. And it just wasn't really, like, a, a thing. And, and to have somebody have a choice and to have it be a hard choice is kind of an interesting perspective. Because we don't, as the reader, often think of it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world of magic is ever so wonderful, but we never stop to think from the perspective of the Mogglebornes. Well, and I like this, because she's done accidental magic when she was very young, trying to get a children's book off the shelf. She's pulled all the sh- books off the shelf with magic her parents have no idea what's going on they take her to the doctor Mm -hmm. and it just so happens that there's a squib who figures out what's going on and discreetly contacts them and says okay she's magical don't worry about it somebody will come when she's 11 and tell you what to do this is normal and that just really bothers me there should be better apparatus in place to deal with this yeah but I kind of like that there isn't just because the wizarding world is set up as extremely prejudicial, and I like it that they is, kind of maintain that. But they have a statute of secrecy. They should have better mechanisms to enforce. It. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's flawed. I just I like the, the ways that it's flawed because it's def. It definitely shows pure blood bias. Well, and they know who these children are. I mean, what? we assume. But you don't if know Harry's, if Harry's name was put in the book the moment he was born. Then we assume that all magical children's names are put into the Hogwarts book when they're born. So Unless they all know. of this talk of the book is metaphorical. Yeah, but I don't think... It, I, I mean, in canon, there, there's never a mention of a book. It's just... The, the only Hagrid thing there says, is, is... Yeah. Harry's name has been down since he's been born. But mm-hmm. that doesn't really... It just means that, like, it's been expe- expected that Harry Potter would go to Hogwarts since he was born because his parents are magical and they went to Hogwarts. But we really because don't James and Lily know. are the sort who are signing their kid up for kindergarten and prep school and college before he's even out of the womb yet. That's all it is. They're helicopter parents. Okay. Yeah, they, they really are. <laughs> we, we read a fanfic about this. It was great fun. <laughs> I the, believe it. The one where they sucker uh, Remus and Sirius to go wait in line. So I was on that podcast. It was fabulous. Yeah, I listened to it. It was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it worked. So, they, Harry, they're sitting there talking and stuff, and Harry says, this is a really nice park. I, I think we should come here more often. But next time we need to bring something to drink. And she says... Um, well, even, even before that, uh, she wants him to promise that in a year they'll be sitting on the bench oh, again. That's right. Mm-hmm. Basically, promise me you'll live. Promise me I'll. Promise me we'll both live. And the best he can say is, if I'm still breathing, I'll yeah. be here with you. And I think, I think that's just a very serious moment in the middle of all this bliss. It shows for all the window dressing, he hasn't forgotten what's really out there. And I like that he didn't promise her something that he couldn't promise. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. How many people would go, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. How many 15-year-olds would say, yeah, I'll be here in a year? Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of an interesting different and very accurate take, uh, difference. Take in their hand, of course. Uh, I love you. Come to bed. <laughs> well, I think it's a very important difference and a very accurate difference yeah, from... Hermione's character and Harry's character because 
Harry at this point has seen somebody die. And he knows that more death is coming. And he knows that he might die in the next year. And I think Hermione at this point is still not quite connecting the fact that people are going to die. And that it's going to get worse. I think logically she understands that. But like emotionally she she doesn't really get that people that she loved could die. Right. Or love could could die. Like her parents could die. Like I don't think she's quite there yet. So She's close though. And she's close. She no- she knows that Harry could have died and probably should have died, if not for an incredible twist of fate. Right. Because the plot said so. And, <laughs> well, hey, everyone's susceptible to that. No, she hasn't seen anyone die in front of her, but she knows that Harry could almost die, did. almost did, and very well could soon. And I just think that emotionally she doesn't reach that point until... At very at the very least, mid year mid year through year six, because I think it, it's just one of those things of like you don't get it unless you know that there is a bounty on your head when you're a young teenager, and you I think Hermione's trying to hold on to the hope and and to be being young and optimistic, but Harry's not letting her go down that path. He's being very realistic in this in this situation, and I think she hates it, but she understands it. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Me too. So <laughs> Harry is conveniently thirsty, mm-hmm. and he exits stage left for a drink of water. And from stage right, we get Grace and Belinda, the tarts, who have come over to torment Mouse Granger. Yes. Granger Mouse. Mouse. Because they are... The polite girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of have to say something about this. This is kind of one of the few things that, uh, not to, well, actually, do you want to talk about the conversation before Harry shows up? Because I have something about sending, my commentary is about what Harry says. Okay. Um, well, you basically, can... they're very snide. My, new, my very... note says the super bitches have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the mean girls. Mm-hmm. And mine, mine is like, well, oh look, it's the girls that I knew in high school. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, find it interesting. Go ahead. Oh, but I was just going to say because it, I don't know. I mean, I understand. I'm kind of confused as to what these characters really bring to the overall picture because right now there doesn't seem to be a whole lot going on with the characters. I mean, there's no real plot. I mean, other than the fact that it's like, mm, let's spend some quality time in the summer. I just, this seems so kind of random to me. It was almost like, I need something to be going on here to, in order to justify these chapters. So let's go ahead and throw some mean girls in to kind of make things interesting. I mean, it just, like, it's kind of like a, this one-off thing that just kind of well, There are several things that come as a result of this. Harry loses control of his magic. Uh, Kimmy freaks out and gets them back to the house, and then she reports to Dumbledore, and they set up a meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's an indicator of Harry's growing magical power, trademarked. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's sorry. growing. Something's growing. I feel like, oh my god, there's so many erections in these chapters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But speaking of like the te- the, uh, the the clothing, like the, how uh, Mr. Granger refers to his tent-like clothing, I was like, tent. Oh no! 
<laughs> why is it in the shape of a tent, Mr. Granger? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Okay, I, mean, I, I, I get it. I understand that it kind of leads to some stuff. But I, I guess to me, it just feels like a lot of these chapters are so one-offs. Like, the, in and of themselves, they kind of feel like their own little, like, vignettes within, like, this overall arcing well, summer story. So it just kind of feels like... It's true, and we are tell, trying to tell a very long summer tale. Mm-hmm. True. I guess that's to be expected of an 80-chapter-plus fic. 68. Oh, 68? I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. But I think part of it is to force a reveal of Hermione's past maybe a little sooner than she would have brought it up if she would have brought it up at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's a way to break Hermione a little bit so she can heal from it and be purged of this traumatic stuff in her past. It's cathartic for her. And I, th- mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in elementary school and middle school, like I, I was made fun of constantly. A little bit in high school, like I, I was just, I was below the nerds on the whole social ladder stuff. Like I just was basically untouchable. And um, I did not have a suave and sophisticated hot boyfriend like Harry to, like, swoop in when I was, you know, some odd years later to tell all these people who are mean to me during my childhood off. But I definitely, I went to college and I changed and I went back and... I re- I had several situations where I ran into these people and I realized that their words no longer had power over me because I had this other life where I had friends who cared about me and weren't going to be saying mean things to me. So I think it's it's kind of nice for Hermione to realize that the people who gave her hell when she was in grade school or primary school or, or, or what have you... Mm-hmm don't have power over her anymore because at Hogwarts she's known as the brain. She's known as Harry's best friend. She's She has status. And it's no longer the lowest rung on the totem pole kind of, everyone gets to make fun of her kind of a, a status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This sort of scene is very, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It really is. And And they're just terrible, you know? Oh, it's not your fault you're unkempt. You know, maybe we can talk to your parents and have you get sent to finishing school because where uh, your parents are, this private school you're going to just sucks. They haven't. Absolutely no effort to tame that hair. Of course, no amount mm-hmm. of effort would would succeed. But you'd think at least a little effort. You could try. <laughs> and then Harry shows oh my. up in hero mode. Leave uh-huh. her alone and. They immediately go into ooh baby mode <laughs> and start Harry to flirt very with him. Sexy. Yes, because you know it's it's hair it's uh, sexy disheveled haired Harry and poor Hermione's <laughs> like oh well they're gonna flirt with him now so I might as well just step back because he's gonna fall for it you know you can tell that they've been tormenting her all of her life uh, she knows how they operate mm-hmm. true and. One of them, I, they're interchangeable, but one of them's like smoothing her shirt down and just showing off her body, and they're totally being easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will say, fifteen-year-old easy. What, what, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go all the way as like tart, but like they're they're being easy for teenagers. Well, Harry went that way. Harry said, yeah. 
she was in a tart when they asked how Hermione, Herm, excuse me, it's not Hermione, Herm, snagged you. And they just go. Yeah, I love how Harry jumps in and says, well, (laughs) I'm her boyfriend. (laughs) Charging to the rescue. Yeah. And you're right, he says, well, she wasn't a tart. Uh, I don't understand. I'm sure you don't. I always like smart girls. <laughs> I do like this line, though. In the next second, it turned to both beauties ugly. Yes. And, you know, because they're they're pretty on the surface, but they're not pretty underneath the surface. And now... Ugly goes right see, to the bone. You uh-huh. can see exactly. So, and of course, they, uh, you know, want to know how Hermione Granger gets you hot. Because she's Emma Watson hot. Duh. (laughs) Well, usually she uh, comforts me after I've been hit with the Cruciatus curse. I'm sorry, but knock-kneed, bushy-haired, buck-toothed little bookworm. That is not Emma Watson. That is book Hermione. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) So... They start insulting Hermione, and he doesn't play their game, and he just starts losing control. Mm-hmm. And they realize that he wasn't being cute, he wasn't being hard to get, he genuinely doesn't like them, and it's completely and utterly shocking to them. Yeah. They can't possibly fathom that a boy is not interested in them because of how they look. And it probably reminds Harry of how Dudley used to treat people. So, I mm-hmm. mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm having a hard time imagining Dudley acting like these girls <laughs> are, but... But, but, I mean... down his shirt, I'm so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible mental image. Turn around. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Clips I want soon to drop into this edit right here. <laughs> well, you know that he's, you know, he's probably. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Robert. Just know that Ryan's making fun of you. Why? Um, hang on. <laughs> I'm dead sexy. Because you're dead sexy. No, I, I'm trying to get him to come on and tell the Jen story because Jen did something to herself that was totally a Pavoinian Jen moment. Wait, 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 I want to know about this because you told me about this yesterday, but you wouldn't actually tell me. Because nobody's told me until just now. I finally got the story. And I'm trying to talk him into coming on, but he's going to bed. And I said, well, we've got, we've got Robert for another hour. And he said, I'm turning in in a minute, but it's nice to have a Gryffindor. Indeed. <laughs> Gryffindor power what up? I, I thought I don't all Gryffindors talk all gangster like. That's that's what I heard. <laughs> I I don't know, but when was the last time you took over the forum? Oh, yes, last time the, I took over the forum. The Slytherins yes. took over not too long ago. I'm the whitest. Per- I'm the whitest person, like woman, like on Pofua, and I do not rap or speak gangster. And I guess on Potter more terms, I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, you're a Gryffindor. Yes, she's a Gryffindor as well. Eh, I'm okay with being a Gryffindor. I know that probably saddens Sue, but I don't know. Um, Come to terms with it. See, I have I have the criminal disease known as Gryffindorism. See, I have I have the crest of Hufflepuff tattooed onto my shoulder, so it feels very weird to have (laughs) Gryffindor. (laughs) 
Gryffindor Pottermore status. She's like, what? Like, but I got a tattoo. Yeah, it's very sad. I actually asked Ryan, was like, because Joe thinks I'm a, a Gryffindor, does that mean I can switch to Gryffindor and Potter fake weekly? He didn't respond. It was you sad. You can put in a request. Okay. Yeah. I guess I should just talk to I, I would call and Joe's test a little more valid than anything else. For, oh, oh, don't say Boo that. Boo hits. Boo. Right Boo hits. Shh. Don't listen, Aunt. Don't listen. She has her own hat. I <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a fun sound. Was that the bird? That was, that was Curie. Curie. I love how huh? you know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love how you know that, too. <laughs> Curie shrieks, and okay. Faraday's the one that... I'm, I'm hijacking the podcast here. Okay. <laughs> oh, back to topic, so, okay. No, 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 uh-uh. I'm going off topic. Hang on. Oops, wait a minute. We were already off topic. I know. I'm taking this further. <laughs> the following the presentation is... The following presentation is a gen... Presentation. Oh, wow. When did we get cookies? Okay, the other day. There's cookies? On Ryan's Facebook. The other day, Ryan posted day update. Early morning visit from the bug guy involved relocating the horrified cats for a few hours. Followed by Danielle aggressively driving me through a speed bump rich parking lot in a Mini Cooper while I'm holding a full cup of scalding coffee and 10 shorts. Followed by the biannual call from McVeigh telling me she has <laughs> injured herself in the most unique way imaginable while there's no podcasting to be found. So, I will not make you guys play the What Did Jen Do? Aww. Oh, but that's right. a fun game! Jen is in a car. That does not belong to her. And she injures herself. Robert, how does she injure herself? She injures herself by driving in reverse and running over people. Okay, Kat? The airbags uh, spontaneously deploy without her hitting anything. And she, like, breaks her arm. Ooh, very good. And death roll. I'm trying to think of what she hasn't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's That's very, very difficult. Very difficult. Um, I'm going to say her parachute didn't open. <laughs> because Jen is totally the sort of person who should go skydiving. Okay. Well, apparently, you see, I, I had this slightly wrong. Um, she was actually driving the car. Yes, it it is not belong to her. She reached out to swat a bug on the rearview mirror and ended up punching the rearview mirror and dislocated her finger. Oh, Jen. Jen, we love you. And apparently she thought it was broken at first, but followed it up with a, yay, it's just dislocated text. Yay! And she said, or Ryan said, that she said her first move was to arrange medical support, but her second was to call it into Pushwa. <laughs> uh, More as it develops. Uh, oh, poor Jen. gosh. I love Jen. I do, Jen. too. And I, I'm sorry to laugh, but you have to laugh at these things. Oh, you... Jen? After the year I've had, like, you just have to laugh at this stuff. Like, it's all good. There we Jen, go. this is, we have Jen, this is Robert. From Spellcast, Mr. Sexy Voice himself. Just want to let you know that I hope you feel better soon with your 
dislocated finger and just keep on trucking because, you know, you bring so much joy into the hearts of so many people. She really does. <laughs> oh, Jen, Jen, Jen. Uh, well, Jen-like consequences are what Kimmy starts carrying on about. Yes, yes, You is. could have set a tree on fire! You could have turned the merry-go-roundy into scrap metal! Could have hurt a little one! She's carrying on worse than Molly. She is! Death Roll, for a second there, you sounded ju- uh, you. I thought you sounded just like Ryan. That was scary. I don't know, just <laughs> Poor Miranda and Jake are just like, what's going on? And, uh, what? We lo- he almost lost control of Kimmy? <laughs> I, I like Miranda. Has anything like this happened before? Well, just once, I blew up my Aunt Marge. Well, no, not like that. But it's just—I'm going to stop talking now. (laughs) Yeah, and and finally, somebody says, "Well, isn't that why you were here?" Miranda says to Kimmy, "Aren't you here to protect him?" And Kimmy's like, "Oh, yeah, that's right. That's my job." Okay. But Dumbledore should have told me that you are this powerful because you're a whole lot more powerful than I thought you were. And his and, growing powers. Yes. And poor Harry now feels like a heel because yeah, he's you know almost blew up the merry-go-round and set trees on fire and hurt little ones. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. not what he's going for. Agreed. Yeah, he's got a whole Anakin Skywalker vibe going on mm-hmm. at the moment. So moody. So the women, the children. I killed them all. I killed them all. But the highlight of this whole thing is it took Hermione's mind off of History of Magic and she doesn't want to do homework anymore. Yay! Yay! It it had to happen sometime. So we go into the next chapter and Hermione can't understand how Harry would come save her from Death Eaters but not from spiteful tarts. Mm -hmm. And he's genuinely surprised that she doesn't expect that he would come to her rescue. Right. Because this is Harry. He comes to everyone's rescue. Mm-hmm. He's Mr. Hero himself. Yeah, you know, what was I supposed to do? Let them do this to you? Never. Yeah, just step back or flirt with them or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. So she decides that she's got a new plan. Because Hermione her loves to have plans because she's a Cylon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And she's decided, dun dun dun, that they should be Animagus. Yay, Animagus! Yay, finally a plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least Harry should be one, and if Harry's going to be one, she wants to be one too because maybe she can help. And I'm sorry, but I've seen this plot so many times. I mean, I'm a little incredulous about this. <laughs> I don't care. It's an actual plot. I'm happy. <laughs> Yes, and as plots go, it's not a bad one. Yeah. No. It's not necessarily bad, it's just I've seen I've it seen done the really well. just plot mm-hmm. executed with far less skill. Yes, it, it, I've seen it done exactly. well, and I've seen it done badly, and so it's just one of those things, it's one of those situations that I go into going, hmm, this should be interesting, because it's yeah. either going to completely flop, or it's going to make me happy. 
I will say that the author put a lot of thought into mm-hmm. this. It is yeah. not a, oh, we're going to say a quick spell and we're going to know how to do this. This takes time, which it does in canon. Yep. And I think that she really put a lot of thought into it and it. I like the way it ends up working. Okay, I think and I'm a little so, less yeah. cautious well, I, about it. I agree, Sue. I mean, they easily could have taken the, you know, Gary Stu method of, well, Harry has some secret ancient power that helps him do this. And cause that's usually what I come across whenever I see this, because it's usually Harry figures out how to be some super magical uh, crazy monster and, and turn into it in a week in most fix. So I, I really do like the fact that it takes time. I do think this this particular plot is a good choice on the author's beha- on part, because it allows for them to continue on with their slice of life stuff because it means that um, like they're not being attacked, they're not doing all these other things. They also can't train their magic, so they do magic because of the uh, the underage magic uh, laws. But so they can get away with this, but still be kind of doing something magical. So it kind of, it fits into their current slice of life kind of situation that they've been in in the past several chapters. So I think it was a good choice. I, th- I think it's a good choice. I just think that I'm always wary when something like this comes up, and it's you know, like, well oh, you of course, the the answer is we're going to become Animega, and it's just like I, I mm. want to see Animega's forms that are completely useless, like Harry turns into a hippopotamus. Yes, <laughs> and part of his or, fear is that he's going to turn into a butterfly or something like that. And I liked that it was addressed. Death roll. You are the only one that has read this all the way through. Am I remembering correctly that Dumbledore has a, a form? You are. Okay. But it's very impractical. Yes. That's what and I remembered. But I, I was, I I was glad to see something like that, and I want to see more ridiculous things that are just completely not useful to the plot whatsoever, and it's thrown in there just as mocking the rest of the fandom. Mm-hmm. Mocking fandom is always fun. Mocking fa- fandom is hilarious. Did you just see it? <laughs> He's a giraffe. <laughs> Personally, I want to see more like aquatic-based uh, animals, just because. I mean, that's a situ- it's situationally useful. So if you're in some place like the Caribbean, that's a great anime form. But if you're mm-hmm. like in the middle of Europe, like you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, it's fun. There's a, I listen to the Drabblecast, which is mm-hmm. strange uh, stories for strange people. And one of the stories that they had probably a year or so ago was these people that were turning into different things. And, and yeah, they turned into toads and they turned into fish. and they, <laughs> All the children. People would have children and the children would be normal for a little while and then they'd start to change into different things. So it's kind of right along the same lines. So we're going swimming, and here's the yes. bikini! And it's not the black one that gets Yay! passed around. No, it's peach and pink. It's very cute. It is cute, yeah, but she's like... And it's not stringy, it's not ridiculous, which I'm glad of. It's not even mm-hmm. really a bikini, it's just a two-piece no. bathing suit. Yeah, it's right. like a tankini, with like the little boy shorts, probably. Yeah. What is it called? <laughs> boy shorts? The no, the other one. Tankini. The tankini. tankini. It's Where it's like a, it's it's like a, a sports bra than anything. No, no, it's like a tank top. Yeah. 
So it's supposed to be more like modest because people were putting like their five year olds in bikinis, and that's like not necessarily ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but like, but, so I don't think it was quite like that. No, I think it was I, yeah, like no, a two piece. It's just like piece more of a modest two piece, mm-hmm. not a bikini. Yeah, it's a it, a tank bikini is a more modest two piece. It's just you know a little longer in the stomach area, and that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna go on a, another slight kind that's of question. That's three. Rant. I know three. Well, no, it, this applies though. This is not. This is not topic. Um, it kind of ties into my previous deal. So I'm kind of confused because she seems to be very, from my perspective, and you guys can quite, you know, tell me if I'm wrong because I usually am, but that's okay. Um, she seems very self-aware of herself around Harry, like in this tank, bikini, bikini, whatever the heck this thing is called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> am, I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, okay. so, so, Well, I'm kind of confused. Because it's like several chapters ago, she is very comfortable enough to slip into his bed and have relations with him. But a bikini, whoa, that's totally different. <laughs> yeah, but and he couldn't so see her then. He could only feel oh, her. There's please. a difference. It was dark. It was I, I will, dark. I, I will. <laughs> okay, I guess that's debatable. But still, I, I just, I, to me, it just seems kind of seems silly. I agree with Rob that that this was a little bit. Um, yeah, but uh, find me a fifteen-year-old girl who's not going to feel self-conscious in a bathing suit. No, that that's that's fine, and I think that's but, great, and I think any in in if if the sex scene hadn't happened before, I'd totally buy this one hundred percent. It's just that the sex scene previously, where she wakes up naked in bed with Harry, uh, she, she wasn't naked. naked. She wasn't naked. She was not naked. <laughs> She still Close enough. Her, anyway. She had her nightgown on, but she didn't have her panties on. Her okay. Her knickers. <laughs> she did not have her knickers. I, okay. I will. I will agree with Rob that, that. Thank you. A 15-year-old girl will feel awkward about her body at all times. Mm-hmm. She would feel awkward during the quote-unquote sex scene, as we're calling it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else they call it. Just as just as equally as she would would feel in this scene with, you know. A bathing suit, but the that sex was. Scene. Go ahead. Go ahead. The sex scene was not about her; it was about Harry. Therefore, oh. how she feels about her body doesn't matter in that moment because it was all about keeping Harry sane. That is blatantly untrue. <laughs> it's the best I can come up with. I think that's, having, I think that's very much guy thinking. Death. Having been obviously in any sort of sexual situation, it's not just about one person. But they they weren't that's really true. having sex to have sex. Having no, but having been a fifteen year old girl, like you are always very conscious about you know what your body looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. At that. You know, because, you know, people are going to judge you, clearly, because that's the way the world works, because everything's about you when you're 15. And kids are dead honest and mean. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to happen. So, like I said, this scene in itself is great. It just calls into question how Hermione acted in the, the earlier scene. That's the point I'm trying to make. It just seems like there's two different characters going on here. I like I like this, but I mean, I never pictured Hermione as boyish at any point. Like I've never pictured her with a boyish frame. So that kind of 
I mean, yeah, I don't me know. either. Yeah, neither did I. I always pictured her as like Emma. There's no way. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. <laughs> Emma Watson is not boyish. <laughs> I always pictured her as like kind of pudgy, maybe a little curvy around the edges, but like in no way like cultish and bo- like cultish. I can Cassie because everyone's cultish at fifteen, but but boyish is just like eh, not really. I don't know. Fair enough. So she's covered herself up with a shirt so that she, you know, she still feels naked, but at least she's covered up with a shirt. Mm-hmm. And poor Harry's out next to the pool and he's feeling the same way. He's got his shirt in his hand. And he's like, you know, do should I, I put it on? on? Should I do take I it off? off? And I love this women in t shirts. I totally understand how he feels. Mm-hmm. And then we have Miranda come out and she's well, like, well, hang on, hang on. Before we go there, she appreciates Harry and all of his manly muscles, but then she starts noticing all the scars. Yeah. And there's more than just the one on his forehead and the one on his forearm from the graveyard. There's a swipe from the Hungarian horntail, and there's just all of these little scars that she's noticing, and it makes her a little bit sad. And And I like... And I like that this is, like, in kind of a private setting, because you know if this was a Hogwarts pool party, quote-unquote, then, Hogwarts you know... Hogwarts pool party. <laughs> Sorry, they I have a swimming pool. It's hidden, though, so... Um, 90% of the girls is. would, like, be, be like, oh, well... The girls, you know, Harry's scars are so sexy, and ooh la la, and you know, I like that her, her, Hermione's sad about them because, you know, it brings pain and and a lot of hard memories back. Yeah, I mean, the sort of scars that he should have are this is when I fell out of a tree when I was seven, mm-hmm. you know, just boyhood adventure sort of scars. Right. And they're not. They're from all of these horrible struggles. Where this is where you know I fell 500 feet from a broomstick because a hundred dementors tried to attack me. Yeah. Exactly. That's not what the sort of good scar that he should have. Yeah. So, so then Miranda comes out. Yeah. No, I Miranda comes out and forces Hermione to strip in front of Harry. Mm-hmm. So disturbing. I know. <laughs> and then she goes inside. Back inside. But first, she gives them the sunscreen. That I was just about to say. Here comes the the next erection scene. I was totally going, I think Melinda Lear wrote this. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. There was, yeah, the sunscreen, and Miranda comes out. Tells Hermione to take off the shirt, gives him the bottle of sunscreen, and walks back in the house. That's all she's there for. I know. She came out to do this. That was it. Let's embarrass uh, my uh, daughter, give yeah. them some health protection against the sun, and I've done my job. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, and I love you know, the extra she protection. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, Harry. And then Harry goes rigid like he's been on the receiving end of a Pertivius Totalis. Yeah, he went rigid all right. <laughs> more ways than one. <laughs> and then she says, can you do my back? And he doesn't answer, but he starts to do it. And then all of a sudden he jumps in the pool and I'm like, yeah, he needed a cool up there. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's like, where'd he go? I'm so oblivious. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Yeah. So, 
what does my wait a minute i gotta find my note here it says harry jumps into the pool to hide the evidence (laughs) (laughs) uh so i I was trying to do a few gen 2 notes i i was doing my best yeah so so they have yeah well me too that was the comment about forcing hermione to strip Mm -hmm. but so we go to the next chapter and there's animagus studies and tokens and the natural world and Kimmy will help and Hermione convinces her not to tell Dumbledore and there's this great line you shouldn't lie to Kimmy yeah I know that was Miss Hermione should not lie to Kimmy I put the same note here (laughs) I need to pause the podcast for a second okay Okay. whoa the the Sox won over the Orioles 8 to 1 and the Marlins won over the Cubs 9 to 1 so I'm a happy girl tonight. Yay! Well, we wouldn't be podcasting without some sort Baseball. of scores. So I guess oh, yeah! When yes. I left, the Sox were not winning, so I don't know what the score is right now. The Red Sox? Yes. Hold on, I have the thing in my little my little strip of... Uh, uh, I, Boston? I like that they're out, they've snuck out of the house. They've set up... Oh no! Boston lost three to six. six. To three. Hey, at least it wasn't eighteen to two like it was the other night. Yeah, that was bad. I don't actually care unless it's a Chicago team, and then I want the sock the Cubs to lose and the Sox to win. I love how PS questioned me on this. I'm just like, you don't know it until you're a local. We're way off course. So I'm dragging us back. Anyway, back to the fic. So they've, she's got it all set up. She, they've snuck out of the house, and she's got it all set up so it looks like they're doing their astronomy homework, and mm-hmm. they're really looking into the Animega stuff. But I like Kimmy, because they're like, oh, man, we need to find somebody that can help. Maybe we could write to Sirius, or maybe we could write to, you know, somebody. And Kimmy materializes out of the dark. You, you need Help? help? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, with the astronomy, and we we had this idea that you, know, you shouldn't lie to Kimmy. Yeah, don't lie to Kimmy. You don't do it very good. Kimmy is German. All of a sudden, become German or Russian <laughs> or something. So, Kimmy, uh, she tells them she, about the tokens yeah. and the meditation and the natural world and all this stuff and what it really means, and they start to meditate and. Instead of meditating, they fall asleep, which mm-hmm. is almost the same thing. And Kimmy brings a blanket, and they put the... <laughs> Who's typing? That is Cherry waving her wings. Okay. I was going to say, wow, that's really you starting to sound like Aaron there. I, was, I uh, thought there was a fire going somewhere. I was just like... That's amazing. Um... <laughs> So Kimmy brings a blanket, and she puts all the books and notes away, and Harry has another erection. Yes, he does. And he decides that instead of falling back asleep with Hermione, he better send her in the house, because uh, otherwise she might figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's about it for Chapter 15. Yeah, it is. Yep. So we move on, and of course now they're working on their history of magic homework again, but Harry's not happy about it, because he's tired, because they were up late last night. Uh And he didn't sleep very well, because... He had an erection. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't want to have to go take a cold shower or swim, so yeah. Yeah, and the walls are really thin, so he didn't dare rub one out. 
and he's dozing off. I'm gonna just ignore you. He's dozing off, and all of a sudden, there's this, this, uh, and she says, "Bloody hell," which I love. <laughs> yes, yes, Hermione saying bloody hell made me smile so big. Mm-hmm. Because that's what she's always telling off Ron oh, for. He's always in trouble for saying bloody hell. Bloody hell. <laughs> bloody hell, Harry. And here comes Pig. Pig has come to save Harry from history of magic. Pig Yay! has come to save the day. Vision! Hooray! And of course, it's a Ron letter, and Ron in this fic is pretty bumbly, so... <laughs> That's one way of putting it. He's, you know, I hope you're not having too terrible of a time. If Her- Hermione's not letting you have any fun and just do homework, tell her to lighten up. Give him a break, Hermione! <laughs> yeah. And Jenny fancies an Aussie trainer... And he's just like, oh my gosh, girls, and I'm Aussie, just like... Or was it Austrian? Australian. Or Austrian. <laughs> Australian. I can't tell where the L is. There you go. Australian. Australian. It's Australian. It's Aussie. Alright. It says Aussie later in the fic. An Australian but, short snout trainer. But, but <laughs> I just, when, at, at this moment, I knew this was going to be that fic where, where one guy has not realized girl like girls are, are nice, while the other guy has, and it's just going to, like, it's, they're going to go off in two different directions. Mm-hmm. Harry's going to be all like, ooh, Hold girls, on. and Ron's just going to be like, why would you hang out with ooh, them? Ooh, Quidditch. And Ron's going to be going, ooh, dragons. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is your. This is Robert coming in with his fourth de- fourth derailed podcast, <laughs> talking about Ron and Harmonian fix. I got a question for you guys: Is it me, or does it in in most Harmonian fix? And I just want to clarify: like I've kind of considered I, when I first was in fandom, I consider myself a Harmonian, and now I'm kind of what I call like more of a general. Like I'll read it if it's good. Like okay. so, but to me, it seems like in most fix that have, like, Harry and Ron... I'm sorry. Harry and Ron pairings. No. Uh, difference. Yeah, Ron right fix. Ron uh, fix. <laughs> Harry and Hermione fix. is either, one, you have to, one, kill off Ron, two, make Ron a wife beater, or three, like, make Ron the stupidest piece of, you know, dirt on the face of the planet. You are not wrong. Because it's That's like, I've, I've, yet to, I've yet to see a fix do it. Like, even, like, the best of the best has one of those three. Mm -hmm. To greater or lesser degrees, you are correct. And it's one of the things that frustrates me greatly as a staunch Harmonian. Well, there is a halfway exception to that. Okay. Oh, great. My mind just went blank. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, the one we podcasted on. The one where Jen looked at girls' butts. What's that called, Robert? Oh, you're talking about my favorite fanfic series of all time, That's The, the Paradigm of Uncertainty, written by Laurie Summers that was never finished? They yes, are. I remember that one. Yes, because he starts off dead, but he comes back to life, so see, that that's a little twist in there. <laughs> but still, like, in order for them to get together, he had to be dead. I mean, and in the end, like, they brought in, like, a, a crossover original character. To make, oh, spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> hey, no, I have not read this yet. Oh, it's hands down probably one of the best pieces of Harmonian fan fiction out there. I don't know if, Jeff, would you agree? Have you read it? 
I have not. What? You consider yourself a harmonious? I'm finished. Damn it! I don't read works in progress. Well, you they can read sort the, of finish the end. They tell you, you what happens. Yeah. Yeah, they say what happens. You can you can get it. You, yeah, you have to. If you consider yourself a Harmonian, you have to. I know, it's, I know. It's considered I know, like, I the can't, it's like the Bible of Harry Hermione. I but anyway. It was being published, I remember. But the thing is, is it's just like, and, and I see it in this fic too, which disappoints me. Because it's like, I always like can't wait to see the fic that pulls it off. Mm-hmm. And because like, and don't get me wrong, like, obviously this is only the first what? I think we're in the first 22 chapters. Yeah. So it's yes. like, Ron could probably make a change. I mean, I don't know what happens from here on out, but it just, from this, like, from these letters, it just seems like, oh, like, or even the fact, like, you know, when Ron, not to jump back to last week, but when Ron jumps in and, like, looks inside and sees the two of them laying in bed, it's like, oh, they didn't do anything. I'm like, is he really that stupid? I don't know. He's trusting. Trusting, there you go. He's not trusting, he's just... Dense in these fiction. Oblivious and but, dense. I mean, and what, yeah, so is Harry. He never asked questions about his parents for seven years. And, Rob, I will say your fears are not unfounded. Um, this is a very common trope in the harmony genre, and it is something to keep an eye out for. Like, and if anyone knows the fic, I'd love to read it. And, I, and, I, and not to saying, like, this, the author in this story kind of bring it back on focus. They don't like. Like, of the three, like, Ron dead, a wife beater, or stupid, I prefer Ron stupid, because at least it, you know, keeps Ron in the picture, and it doesn't make him out to be an asshole, but it doesn't feel like, I get to see Ron done right. Yeah, I mean, I think Ron's a really hard character to get in general, because he leaves Harry twice, and it's just, I mean... There are a lot of flaws to Ron, and people either overdo the flaws or, like, completely ignore them, or they're, um, what's the word for, um, like, Ron eating? Yeah, they flanderize him, you know, out the ass. So, it's, I, I think Ron is one of the hardest characterizations to get in fandom, because it's very easy to get Hermione, and it's very easy to get Harry, as far as writing goes, but Ron is just kind of one of those characters that you really have to be careful because if you go with any way other than dead center then you've, you're wrong essentially mm-hmm. well as I said last week and I think we pretty much agreed on the scene where he does find them in bed together I did like that he was sort of trusting and not really thinking anything of it because he understands that Harry has had a bad time of it, and he knows that Hermione was there to offer him comfort, and he just doesn't understand how much comfort. And he's not immediately flying off the handle, because this is after we know about his crush on her, and the events of Goblet of Fire and the Yule Ball and all that. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to not see Ron immediately turn into the asshole who is jealous over everything. And so, I mean, there's a number of different ways to go about it. And I think if you're going to write the sex scene there, or even, even if you're not going to write the sex scene there, you're just going to write them in bed together and absolutely nothing happened. Then I like this way of seeing Ron and it's a characterization of Ron that I can tolerate. Yeah. I agree with that. We're just saying something because I generally don't like Ron at all. No. Oh, really? 
Oh, Ron. One of these days, I'm going to write the quintessential Ron fic, and it's going to be the best damn thing you ever read. <laughs> cool. Because you, somebody who hates the character needs to write him well. Yeah, I mean... Just out of curiosity, did you ever read uh, the uh, Paradise series? What, huh? The Paradise series. It's a uh, series of Harmonian fics. No. Not familiar. I try and stay away. Please do. I'm on the lookout for good harmony. Well, it's basically... It's it's a... uh, Well, it starts out... uh, Spoiler. It starts out as Ron Hermione. And it's basically a Harmonian writing Ron and Hermione. And the downfall of their marriage. Okay. Quite interesting to see a Harmonian's take on Ron. That's kind of why that reminded me of... When you said that, it reminded me of that series. Please link me. I'm curious now. Okay, I'll have to find it. I don't know if it's still up. Like Harry. Anyway, so... Oh, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> because Dictionary wouldn't let me say sexual jokes, so I have to get them all out on Potterfake Weekly. <laughs> Doing good so far. Doing good. So... Harry and Hermione are discussing writing back to Ron, and they're wondering if they should tell him about the Animagus thing, and they decide they're going to wait to see if they can even do it, because they don't want his negative vibes mucking up the process. Smart. They don't want him to come in and say, oh, his stupid Animagus thing didn't work, huh? And being sort of asshole douchebag Ron, which has a basis in the real character. He's not very supportive of a friend, and Cat asked this great question in an episode that hasn't been released yet, um, but most definitely will by the time our listeners hear this. And at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, Ron is ready to give his life for Harry. And he says that Sirius will have to kill him before he kills Harry. And Wait, yet, I thought Hermione said that. She tells me it was Ron. You're not getting it. Never mind. Sorry, that was a joke that was really bad. I was implying the fact. Joke. Was I had joke. that. <laughs> Thank you. In the movie, in the movie, Sorry. the uh, screenwriter gave it to Hermione and took it away from Ron. Mm-hmm. Like one yeah. of like redeeming awesome lines from for Ron in that book was just, uh, and then they gave it to Hermione. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I think it might have been a little more ones. fitting. I think it might have been a little more fitting because it's a few months later, like six months later, if that when, not even, like three months or four months, when Harry's name pops out of the Goblet of Fire and Ron is instantly ready to believe the worst about Harry. How how do you explain that dichotomy? I would love to see a fic that's that's summer before fourth year where an author explains how Ron changed from willing to die for Harry to... I hate your guts, and I think that you cheated and put your name in the goblet of fire. This, like, deathly death trap of a competition because you're trying to get one up on me. You know, I think this is going to be one of the few times on recorded history that I'm going to go out on a limb and defend Ron. I think the thing to keep in mind, and, you know, maybe I'm giving J.K. Rowling too much credit for thinking this, but this is my view take on it. I do think even throughout Goblet of Fire, Ron would willingly give his life for Harry. That the basis for the relationship hasn't really changed. They're still the same friends they are in, in Prisoner of Azkaban. But I think that there is one major thing that is getting between Ron and Harry. Harry, Harry and Ron. Sorry, I can't talk. And Ron, has, 
Ron, well, no, not say Ron himself. Ron has secure, has insecurity issues that. You think? Yeah, definitely. But the thing, like, let's put it this way: I have a friend, and congratulations! <laughs> Yay! Somebody likes it. And is his name Aaron? No, his name is not. No, it's not my secret internet lover. Come on. Anyway. Wait, my Aaron's not your friend, Ron? No. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you aren't even friends anymore? You broke up and now you're not even friends? <laughs> um, so I guess the thing is, like, you know, do I think, like, with this, my, this friend of mine, do I think he'd do anything? Like, if it came down to it, would he do it? Yes, because we've been friends for so long. He's that type of person. But he's also a massively insecure person with himself and constantly is a, a horrible friend because he's so insecure of himself because he's afraid of, of the issues that he has. But I think deep down, he, I think bringing it back to Ron, like I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure if like Voldemort showed up in the middle of Goblet of Fire and started like trying to kill Harry, Ron would show up. Mm-hmm. I Ron, would, Ron would die for Harry. It's just in the situation of Ron is in that... Harry's life at all. Because when Ron sacrifices himself for Harry, it's going to be about Ron, and look at me, I'm such a good friend, I'm giving my life for you. Because he knew that the first task was dragons, and he didn't tell Harry about it. Yeah, I mean... Ron was being an idiot, and and he was being a jerk, but I don't think that's necessarily... Because even even Ron says he didn't really understand. mm -hmm. He really didn't get how much danger they would really be in. It's kind of like... Well, Why? I know they're going to throw It's not like dragons. his older brother works with dragons or anything. But, I mean, that's canon. Because he, he comes to him and he's like, dude, oh, I, I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. He's talking out his ass, hoping Harry will forgive him. L- l- let me just, as a counter, Rob, I okay. can see where your argument's coming from. Because I know a person who would die for me, but at the same time, they're a crabby person, but mm-hmm. the only counter that to that is Deathly Hallows, because at that point Harry's life was, you know, actively in danger, and Ron didn't from stick Voldemort. by him from Voldemort, and Ron didn't stick by him because of jealousy and insecurity. Ron is a jealous, insecure person. Insecure yeah, person. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he and you know, Ron I'm just acts before I was, he thinks. Right, and I was just questioning, like, the fact that he goes from this person who is fairly secure in his status as Harry Potter's best friend to six months later where he's suddenly very insecure with his status with Harry and is, you know, and I'm I'm just curious about what ha- what could have possibly happened that summer that made Ron do that. But is it, and be that, is it be, and change that, that way? Or is it because, okay, he is secure in his, I am Harry's best friend. Yes. But then the name gets put into the goblet, and what does he say? How come you didn't tell me how you yeah. did it? So now Ron, he's saying Ron's to myself, I thought Harry was my best friend, but obviously he's not my best friend, because if he was, he would have told me how to do this too. But, he would uh, not have done it alone. I'm just saying, like, if if he was really, if Ron really had just insecurity issues and not going, and not, you know, and 
definitely had trust in Harry, his first question would not be, why didn't you tell me how to do it? His first question would be, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Because at this point, I think Ron would know if Harry was lying. I think, kind of to add to this, as we further deviate, um, I think for me, I know that that might be a source, I mean, obviously for you guys, it's a source of like dislike of the character. But for me, it causes me to like Ron more because it makes Ron feel more like a real person. Because let's be honest, as real people, we're not perfect friends all the time. And there will be things that will come between us and our friendships that will cause us to act like, you know, jerks and act like Ron has. And I'm not probably, you know, I don't think to the point where we're going to put friends in danger. And I don't, I, I just, it, to me, it makes it feel like it's more of a real relationship instead of seven books of Ron being the bestest, most awesomest best friend ever. Because if that was the case, I probably wouldn't appreciate their, their him as a character, and, like, specifically, and then their relationship as characters. Because it would just feel like it, I, how can I relate to that? Because have any of you ever had friends you've never fought with or have never been upset with? No. Uh, so I think, so that's why, to bring it back in, in my point, my point is that I think that's why Ron is acting that way is because he's, he feels he's betrayed. He feels like he's not Harry's best friend anymore. He's dealing with some serious insecurity issues with, you know, being the fact that he's like the bottom rung of the Weasley family and, and now his friend is now the bestest thing ever, and he's getting, you know, in the shadow of his best friend now, too. I guess well, that's just, kind of... Just to counter that, Ron flies off the handle a lot, but when has he ever been right about it? He flew off the handle about Crookshanks and Scabbers, and he was wrong. He's constantly going off about Snape, and he's wrong. <laughs> so is Harry. And, and... Well, I mean, Harry's is a little more justified. I mean, he, he was losing his mind he, about Victor Crumb, and he was and wrong. wrong. I mean, my my big thing is, I wasn't. I I don't hate. Ron, I like Ron as a character. I've just always been curious about why Harry's always said, "Well, that's my best friend," because mm-hmm. it's not been a, It's not been one thing. It's been you know many layers of things stacking up to the fact that. I wouldn't, if I were Harry, I wouldn't count Ron as my best friend. I would say Ron's my friend, but that doesn't necessarily make him your best friend because he keeps leaving you when you really need him to stand by you. But Ron was his first friend. But Ron was his first friend. So, I mean. Harry is loyal, and Harry is a good friend. But loyalty, I mean. He's a Hufflepuff. He's going to stick with Ron, even though Ron doesn't deserve him. As, As, you know. As as one of the Hufflepuffs on this call, loyalty does not go without question. Loyalty and is not I, just for Hufflepuffs. Well, but also the fact that loyal you don't just, you know, it, it's not legitimate to say, I'm going to be loyal to this person because they were my first friend. And, you know, they can do no wrong because they were my first friend. That's mm-hmm. not a realistic look on how friendships develop. Right, but Harry's... Harry doesn't have a realistic look on how friendships That's, that's very true. I just Harry's never had a friend, and now this is his mm-hmm. first friend, and he's 11 years old. That would be true for people that had had friends since the time that they were little. But yeah. I can see Harry. He is my first friend. He is stuck by me. Yeah, we've had fights, but he's pretty much stuck by me. He's given me this family in the Weasleys that I never had. 
Heck, his mother sent me a jumper for Christmas. I've that never be had forever right something. There. You know, I I can see that. I I can see it. I just you know, it always it, it's always been a hole in canon that I've always wanted to uh, either have somebody write or write myself or just explore in a discussion of what could have happened over that summer, mm-hmm. especially with the Quidditch World Cup that could have made Ron kind of regress into this very insecure person who doesn't know where he stands with Harry Potter. Because from Harry's point of view, as canon is from Harry's point of view, Ron's status has never wavered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and we don't know. Maybe it was the bit with Fudge in the minister's box (laughs) and introducing Harry to the Bulgarian minister of magic. Who knows? I just think it's an interesting point that, you know, suddenly he goes from A to Q, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So, Harry writes back to Ron, and he's really having trouble of thinking what to say. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to write a letter to Ron. He tells Ron to lay off Hermione about the homework. Mm-hmm. He answers a couple of the questions that have been asked. He asks, how are you? And he doesn't know what else to write. Yeah. And then he starts thinking about Ron and how Ron's going to read the letter. And he realizes Ron's going to glance through it, maybe read half of it. And then, as we're going to f- later find out, it's going to get lost under a pile of laundry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's tired. So he just says, dude, I'm mm-hmm. tired. I'm going to bed. Yep. Hermione well, and I are... I think he's realizing that the letter from them doesn't matter mm-hmm. so much to Ron. Because Ron's going to be easily distracted by all these shiny dragons mm-hmm. that are around. And Ron has ADD. Yeah. Shiny! I think is what <laughs> Harry's getting at here. So. Okay. Go ahead. You were going to say something. No, that's good. We're, um, okay. Side, more weeks. side point. I was going to say side point. Uh, even when I edit this out, I apologize. Did any of you see Horror Hermione? I did. Her that's a great picture. Yeah. Yes, I did. I saw that, and I was like, this is perfect. So I couldn't get this serious. She's like, I've got to share this. I'm like, oh, okay. Sue, make sure to capture that for the notes. Oh, that's right. I should do that. All right. You guys talk. I'll go put this in the, the notes. Okay. So Harry really likes the peace and quiet of the Granger house. He thinks it's tranquil. And he actually comes right out and says that he prefers Mary's mothering style and energy level over Molly's, mm-hmm. which is a huge statement. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he loves knows, Molly. He knows Molly loves him. But as far as the comfort level as someone more suited to his personality, he likes Mary. And mm-hmm. and these few paragraphs get a gold star for me because there is nothing that I hate more than the Weasleys adopting Harry. Because <laughs> the Weasleys are not Harry's family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like the Grangers are not going to be Harry's family. Mm-hmm. But Harry grew up in a abusive, neglectful environment. He's not going to be all too thrilled with the Weasleys that are, you know, insane and there are fireworks going off every two hours and, you know, there are six kids running around and Harry gets lost in the shuffle. And while I think he, he prefers attention not being on him, I can, I could never quite picture him being completely happy in that kind of scenario. 
I mean, I liked mm-hmm. that at the end, Joe kind of, spe- I mean, I think she went too far, but I liked that he had three kids and that was it. He did not have a Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I like how it's mentioned that he feels like he sort of can get lost in the Weasley house and no one takes an, as any notice of him sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's good because being noticed at the Dursleys meant trouble. Right. And getting hit mm-hmm. and chores and, and stuff. And he doesn't have to worry about either thing here at the Granger house. Right. He can yeah. have peace and quiet, and he can not worry about getting hit. That's at least true. until I, he's delirious. At least until love, he's delirious. Mm-hmm. I love the description of, like, just an average afternoon where Crookshanks is sunbathing in the, you know, window and, you know, how Hermione looks. And he could almost forget that he was Harry Potter, the boy who lives. Right. Mm-hmm. So we so we're, jump we're to moving. the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And, and we have nature, we have meditations, and the first token. Yes. Which is mm-hmm. a pretty nifty process. They're just meditating, zoning out, chilling out, um, being idle teenagers. Yeah. And one could very easily mistake this laziness for real laziness, but they're doing it with a purpose, and they're just trying to connect with nature, and Harry gets a leaf that just says, Collect me! Collect me! I'm for you! I'm a part of you! You complete me! You complete me! I love that! (laughs) (laughs) That would be an awkward tidbit. Yes, it would. Remus Tree? <laughs> it's been done before. But I, I kind of like, um, I, I was kind of disappointed in the fact that Harry is going to be something that flies because they always do Harry something that flies instead of, like, you know, they, it's discussed. Harry is a beaver. I would love to see Harry as a beaver. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, like, a dolphin. Or... Or a goldfish. Or... A goldfish. An octopus would be kind of funny. An um, octopus would be really funny. And then we I could, think he should be the giant squid. Then we could have hairy giant squid fic. It's <laughs> um, but, you know, That's I want to see something impractical. Yes. So, uh, like, so, I mean, Harry is significant in every way imaginable. Can we have his animagus form be something insignificant? Like an ant. I would love to see Harry as an ant. A giant ant? You know, an ant would be, well, probably not great, but, you know, an ant could be a great one because he'd just totally disappear and you go, where'd he go? And nobody would ever notice him. They might step on him accidentally, but, you know, they wouldn't notice where he was. An ant walks like, I don't know, it's, it's like it takes an ant like eight hours to walk six feet or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just like, picture like, that would just not go well with for spy situations. Mm-hmm. It would take freaking forever. You would need something with wings. I do yep. like that they, they, he keeps telling... It could be a flying ant. Oh, those creep me out. He keeps telling Hermione that maybe she'll be the bird because then she could go flying with him because she hates the brooms. And I think that's mm-hmm. funny, and that would be really, really good. And it would fall yeah. under the category of an animagus form that, God, I hate heights. I hate heights. I hate flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not an owl, because that's just a stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> Hermione as a cockatoo. <laughs> oh, no. 
so I'm picturing her as Curie. Pretty bird! Pretty bird! That would be hilarious. Well, they're very smart birds. Yes, they are. They're very smart. So we collect our leaf, and Hermione's like, Ooh, wait! We've got to have somewhere to put them. So she runs in, and she rummages through. A lot of forethought here, Hermione. Way to go. Yeah, she... (laughs) Yanks out a ball, a bag of marbles, which totally makes me think of uh, Peter Pan. Or my mm-hmm. marbles are missing. I, more Fuck. hook. Yeah. Lost, lost, lost. Lost what? I've lost my marbles. And um, sorry, I'm having yeah, she, flashbacks she d- now. It's okay. <laughs> she dumps out the marbles. And she actually got these marbles for Ron for Christmas in second year. But then she saw him playing wizard chess with Harry and worried that he might think that they were stupid. And Ron is insensitive enough to let on that he thinks they're stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although Mm -hmm. Harry thinks that he would have liked them. Yeah. Well, Harry's a good friend. He is a good friend. And she's, you know, swinging around the white sock with marbles in them, which I totally have done before. Um, <laughs> and Harry goes, well, you'd actually make a pretty good beater if, if you, uh, these are your skills on the ground. And if we could actually get you on a broom. Yeah. Well, I love the uh, suggestion that she's going to give them back to Ron, or she could just hit him over the head with them. <laughs> And really because physical violence it. solves everything. <laughs> it does. Oh, it does. And, and just ask the Death Eaters. That's true. That's why they all signed up, you know, because they like that Crucio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That last months on end. Uh, yes. Well, Bella does, at least. Uh, Hooray, Bella. <laughs> playing with she, as in Hermione, is playing with her hair. <laughs> And, um... Yeah, Bella playing with Harry's hair is a <laughs> That's very bad, yeah. We don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, yeah, have you thought about getting your hair cut? And he's like, well, yeah, I usually have Petunia does it the minute I walk in. I, I'd forgotten about it. And so we get Miranda to cut his hair for him. And here comes the haircutting scene. I because love this- the haircutting scene. Because there's least- no two stereotypes that go to- more together than... Shopping, Shopping and getting your haircut. haircut. Yes. Yeah. At least, and jogging. And at, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least he didn't go to, like, a hair salon. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come out quite perfect because he's still got the cowlick that sticks up in the back. Mm-hmm. But he thinks it's great. Yeah. And, and she course, left it long in the front so that it can cover his scar. So that was mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And, and I, he goes in and looks at it, and he's like, whoa! Oh, hang not on too minute. ugly. Yes! So you're not on mute. I can't mute it. <laughs> yeah, because she was recording. I'm recording. It picks up if I mute it or not. So, Sorry, my mom was yelling to find out if I had the dog. Because earlier, the dog took herself down to the street. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, really? Yes, so we just had to make sure she was... How'd she get out? The gate's open. Oh, the gate's open? The gate's always open. Okay. I went out to lock up the chickens, and she went with me, and she started down the driveway, and I said, don't go far, and I went in to collect all 30 eggs. Yay, 30 eggs. 
There he is. And I came back out and she was gone and I yelled for her thinking that she would come home and mom came home minutes later and she followed mom up the driveway. Oh, that's oh, so special. Our dog used to run away down the driveway. <sighs> Ridiculous dog. Then I got hit by a car and he didn't run away anymore. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Sad. Well, he didn't, he didn't die, but... <laughs> Well, Robert, we're sorry that you have to go, but thank you for having me. I. Thank you for having me. I'd love to uh, come in on a later episode to talk about this fix. Okay. I'm actually, uh, now that I have a chance to talk with you guys about it, I really am kind of, uh, I'm getting into it now. So okay. I'm definitely okay. uh, interested in coming back. We've so where are these fix? So. All right. Well, thank you once again. Thank you for having me. Nice seeing all of you. And uh, I guess I'll... And we'll try to remember to yeah. give you a message when they decide to do the canon as fanfic. Yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, I'm yes. I'm so excited. You don't even know how excited I am for this one. Like, it, it yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys. And right. I guess I'll catch you all later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So... For whatever reason, Jake wants to see Harry and Hermione dance. Mm-hmm. No, wait, 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 we skipped the grilling. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't actually note where the grilling is. Um, Jake, Jake gets home and he decides that he just wants to char meat. No, no, there's no discussion. Charring meat. Charring meat. Completely impulsive decision. And this is apparently a tradition. This is something that he does. <laughs> Robert doesn't know how to hang up. Don't you run a podcast, sir. He knows how to hang up. He just doesn't know how to spell. <laughs> Do I just hang out? Sure, yeah. hang out with us. We like yeah. it. Come back on the line. <laughs> uh, we're so poofy. Yes, we are, and we like it that way. So. Yeah, so they're grilling, and that they're grilling. It makes me happy too, because everyone knows that's what I like to do. Yes, it's, that's really is the griller. He likes to char dead meat. I, oh, this makes me miss. I can't. I'm so excited for Memorial Day because Memorial Day is like really when grilling season kicks off, and then like my my family that like back at home, like between Memorial Day and Labor Day, we're grilling at least you know two to three times a week. I'm very sad I don't have a grill anymore. Aww. But you have space for one, so you can get one when, you oh, know... Oh, we have all the space in the world for one. Yeah. But we d- we don't have one. We need to put one on, like, the wedding register. There you go. No, that that's going to... I can't... I have seen your yard. That's going to be an, an awesome place for, like, grill parties and, like, Fourth of July picnics and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's we were actually awesome. just discussing having a... Housewarming slash engagement party. Oh, oh yeah, We'll be right there. What, do you we'll expect wait, to be huh? podcasting from the party? <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> uh, the pofa table at your wedding is going to be fun. <laughs> Are you having a pofa table? I believe I am. All right. There's enough people who have expressed interest in coming. Are you inviting Jen? Because that just would be scary. <laughs> Uh, I think Jen will be giving birth around the time of my wedding. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because if you do invite her, she will give birth in the middle of the ceremony. 
Hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, man. What happens? I want to deliver the baby. <laughs> I don't. You're coming. If Jen's coming, <laughs> and having a baby there, then sign me up. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> Quick, go back to the fic. That reminds me of a wedding to go on to on Saturday. Yay. Oh, goodness. Catholic Mass. So much fun. Oh, nothing Jake, like it. Jake Stand up, them. kneel down, oh. roll over, play dead. <laughs> exactly. We're way off course. So, so they dance. They dance because Jake thinks it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, was, anybody, was anybody else reminded of... Deathly Hallows film. Yes, that's what I was picturing. Me too. Except there was music there. Yes, because there's no music here, and they're very awkward and and stilted because there's no music, and they really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't understand. It's like, go dance. There's no music, but go ahead and dance. You'd think they'd grab a radio or something. It's like you have... Uh, you have a pool in a structure, and you can't afford a radio. <laughs> Come on, guy. An outdoor radio. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a radio in the pool house. There has to be. There has uh, to be. But we have, once again, we have Pig saving the day. He comes yeah. in to distract them. And he's Here so he comes tired. to save the day. Pig widget. Hooray! Then he's totally flying in a straight line. And this is not Pig. It's just Yeah. Pig. He's like a bumblebee yeah so, poor thing he's very tired and we find out yes like death Row said earlier that ron put the letter underneath his laundry and he didn't find it until he got around to putting his laundry away oops well that could take forever Three weeks later. Yeah. Boys. Uh-huh. he doesn't and even put it away he just wears it out of the pile well that's what i do so that's cool i understand that's what i do too really <laughs> I actually fold mine and put mine away. Well, I mean, I, I now that I'm now that I'm grown, I hang it up. But I mean, that's more because I do my own laundry now mm-hmm. than anything. I usually have get mine folded and most of it put away before too long. But it is the clean laundry is in a basket right now, and it has been there for a couple of days because I haven't got around to it. It's been yeah. sunny. I've been out in the garden. What can I say? There's only <sighs> so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. And I suppose so, I could be folding laundry while we podcast, but that's probably not a good thing. We would hear you. You would. So, and Sue's laundry would be like Aaron's keyboard. Yeah, and I don't want to play with my knickers on the podcast, so it's just... <laughs> so Ron is headed home, and he says... Is, that is right now, yes? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, yeah, says, he says, come oh. and stay with us the rest of the time. I'm sure Mom will let me in. Oh, by the way, Hermione can come too. As long as you leave the homework at home. Oh, no, maybe you can help me no, with this the is, homework. This is where he's asking for help. Yeah. And Harry up, just up and apologizes to Hermione and thanks her for all of the times that she's helped them out with the schoolwork. And he says, if it hadn't been for you, we would have failed out by now. Thank you. We don't appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And it's about damn time. It is. Yeah, it really is. And, and he says... I mean, that's one plot thread in here that I really, really enjoy. Ron abuses Hermione about the homework thing. And about the fact abuse. that she likes to 
be studious and be on top of her grades mm-hmm. and whatnot and cares say- about doing well. But as soon as classwork and assignments come due, she's his best friend. Of course she is. Yeah, I wouldn't say abuse, though. I said I would say he misuses her knowledge and, what, what's the other word? Misuse, abuse, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, like, he uses to, her. He uses her. I will say that. But, like, to, like, abuse someone is, like, a very big deal. Like, I'm just, when you said Ron abuses Hermione, I'm just thinking Ron the wife beater, and I'm just like, wow, we're going there? <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to go there. Not not physically, but definitely verbally and emotionally. I wouldn't he say put, Ron. I, I wouldn't say he Ron puts her down for caring about her studies. Ron he has. I will he say might that as well Ron, call her a nerd. I, I will say that Ron has the emotional range of a, a teaspoon, and teaspoon. he's stupid, and you know he's just you know not thinking about what he's saying. Right, but. Abuse is, even verbal abuse, is so on the level of, like, not what Ron is, even in canon. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. She's a nightmare, honestly. No wonder she hasn't got any friends. That's teenagers being teenagers. That's not abuse. Mm. Abuse would be, you're stupid, fat, and ugly, and, you know, you don't deserve friends. and he doesn't think before he speaks, but that doesn't, doesn't mean think he doesn't after speak. he speaks either. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying abuse is, is a certain term that needs to be carefully used, especially when it comes to Harry Potter fanfic, because yeah. Well, yeah. you know I how I feel about... I think Ron's treatment of Hermione rises to the level of verbal and emotional abuse. And, you're, you, you, know, and you can disagree with me on that. Yeah, you're, you're trying to think of, of that. So, that. we have... Her, we have him saying, Harry saying, if it's all the same to you and your parents, I want to stay here. And she's like, really? Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, don't get me lo- wrong. I, I really like the Weasleys. They're a surrogate family. But I'm really liking this. And we have our project. And by the way. It would be hard if, to meditate over there. Yeah. If anything happens to me, I want you to have, I want to have had this time with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think that's not even a Harmonian moment yet. It's just kind of sweet friendship moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's and spent so many summers of- over at Ron's, and he's never really spent much time, quality time with Hermione by herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's kind of a nice little moment of Harry realizing that you know he does need to have equal time because he his na- days are numbered. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they are, or they can be. And then she thanks him for telling off Ron about the homework thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, we just have a little love fest here. Yeah. And Ron is completely almost denying it, saying, oh, she knows I'm only kidding. By the way, can you help me out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Can you help me, please? Yeah. yeah. I can see where you're coming from. It. I'm just saying that I don't think it's quite abuse yet. I think if this was a grown man saying these things, it would be abuse. But when I was a teenager, it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess maybe then what I'm saying is that someone needs to step in and correct this. Oh yes, before he, this totally becomes. Someone totally needs to knock him up. Is knock him? What? What is it that Kevin says? 
knock him up his, up his rear or something. I don't know. First. Bang him up the rear. Bang yeah, <laughs> him up the rear. Uh, uh, this is a thing we've been listening to the. I've been listening to Rebuilding Life by Kezabear, and I can't do the accent because I'm not Australian. <laughs> we need Kelly. Well, and then we're going to move on to this next chapter, and, and we're going to go dark here. Yeah, it gets really dark. and starts it's off Voldemort. with a fish. It's Voldemort. And he is not coming to save the day like Pigwidgeon. <laughs> no, he is doing evil things. He is torturing Aurors. Torturing an Auror. He's he's, he, And he wants to know where the boy is. Tell me where the Harry boy Potter. is. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And, you know, <laughs> he says, is the boy's life worth what you're, I'm doing to you? And the Auror says, yes. Yes. And the Auror says, I don't know where he is. And, of course, Voldemort doesn't believe him. So he continues to torture him, and mm-hmm. then he AKs him, and of course Harry wakes up, and, and vomits everywhere. Here we don't and have Trisha vomit. again. And where is Trisha? I know it. Two weeks Trisha. in a row, we've got vomit in Trisha. It's so sad. Tell her so in the chat. And um, he gets up, and all of a sudden he realizes that he's made a mess. Yeah, and, and he's delirious, and he doesn't know where he is, and he thinks he's back in the Dursleys. He and, and he's in he's stuffing the right. stuff, and stuffing is bedding in the laundry so that he can clean it before they find out that he's made a mess, because God yep. forbid he's made a mess. He's trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Miranda wakes up because, well. She has the mom thing. sense that something's wrong in yep. my house. She I don't is. think that, uh, though I, I will say, I don't think that's really a mom sense. It's more of a, you're, when you're very used to where you're living it, where you're living, you know when something's off. Mm-hmm. True, but even so, moms have that moms have Mom, Yeah, I, I will say moms have that sense. It's just, you know, more of a, like, I can, when I was growing up in my parents' household, I could identify who was walking up the stairs by the noise that was well, So could I. And I mean, it's it's a common thing. Like you just when you live somewhere for that long, you just kind of know what's going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the house. So and you she know, wakes up. And yeah, she finds him trying to clean up, and she's completely mystified as to what's going on. And when she realizes that he's been sick, it all just clicks into place, and mom starts reacting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we're gonna take your to the couch. Uh, but We're first, sp- she reaches out to touch mm-hmm. him because she thinks he's feverish and he reacts like she's going to beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he flinches back. He flinches and- back because he's he thinks he's going to get hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because that he has been really and- gets to her. And Miranda Granger finds out in the space of what, like four weeks, what the Weasleys never figured out in like seven years. Like, I love this woman. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she's actually focused on him. Mm-hmm. And Molly, as much as we may or may not love her, cannot focus on anything. Because she there's always something with Fred and George or causing an explosion mm-hmm. over here or... 
Yeah, there's always there's garden else. gnomes, or Arthur is blowing up the shed with his muggle inventions, and yeah, it's yeah, chaotic. The have taken the car. Who knows? Yeah. So she reaches out to feel his forehead. He flinches, and she says, "Whoa, Harry, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to know if you have a fever." And she touches him, and he doesn't have a fever. In fact, he's cold, disturbingly cold. And he's still going, I'll clean it up, I promise, I'm sorry, I'll clean it up. And she's like, don't worry about that. You know, typical mom reaction. Because how many times when you were a little kid did you throw up all over the place? And you're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw up all over the bed. And mom's like, don't worry about it. It's okay, let's take care of you first. And then we have... Kimmy show up and in her she starts being helpful and being very house elfy and mm-hmm. what I loved about this is that Kimmy knows where everything is despite never being shown. Well, yeah, she's I, been around. No, but I, I I would almost prefer assuming that house elves just automatically instinctively know where everything is. Yes, as opposed to she's been poking through every cabinet in the Granger household. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. send him out for a shirt, but you know he's she's been doing the laundry and putting his clothes away. Come on, yeah, but I I still think it it would be a very cool house elf quality if the minute the house elf enters a room, they instantly know the things that would help them aid their masters or whatever. That's true. Mm-hmm. I do like that as as being part of the house elf magic and and so forth, an mm-hmm. ability that they have. So Miranda takes him in and tucks him up on the couch because, of course, his bed is gross, even though mm-hmm. he's tried to clean it. And he still doesn't quite know what's going on because nobody's ever treated him like this. Nobody. Not even at the Weasley's, yeah. Has ever. It's so sad. Him in, you know? mm-hmm. It really is sad. And you can't linger on it too long or you'll just want to hit something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, go right fic where the Dursleys die horrible deaths. <laughs> they get stuffed in the closet. It's just a little bit too small for them. Just a little bit too small. So, yeah, she gets his shirt off of him, and poor little guy standing there, and he's just his boxer shorts, and she's... Harry wears him. boxers! Yay! You, you were right. She rubs him down with the washcloth and puts him in bed, and then Kimmy stays to keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. And then we're into the next chapter, and Jake wakes up to a menagerie in the ki- in the living room. But I like Jake. First of all, he gets up, and he's always the first one up, and he goes in and he makes his coffee. And he's uh-huh. had this war with Kimmy, because no matter how early he gets up, Kimmy's already up and got the coffee going. It's like yep. she knows. Which I'm She's sure a house knows. elf. She's a very good house elf. She anticipates. I mean, that's exactly what a house elf is supposed to do. And then he's like, okay, fine, I can't make the coffee, and she's getting pretty good at it. I'll go get the paper. Oh, wait. The chihuahua the paper's right here. got the paper. <laughs> Dang. And he's, you know, he's got his orange juice, and he's kind of walking back and forth trying to figure out what he's doing, because he's still half asleep. And, and I kinda, he's like, something's wrong in the living room. <laughs> but I, I kind of sympathize with this guy, because, I mean, I don't know about you two, but I love my morning ritual. Mm-hmm. And if somebody messed up my morning ritual, I would be upset. Like I would be like, but I spend that time waking up, and I w- I'm I'm not a morning person, so it takes me a while to get up. So if like my paper and my coffee were just right there, ready for me, I would be I I would be a little bothered. Like yeah, like what's going on? Yeah, I, I, I get mean, it. What's going on? So he's found Harry sleeping in the on the couch, 
He has no idea why. Mm-hmm. And the previously white but now black owl is sitting there. And then that other owl named Pig or Hog or something like that. <laughs> Pig or Hog. <laughs> <laughs> and Crookshanks, of course. Yes. With his and tail Kimmy. swinging like the pendulum of a grandfather clock. I love this. This is great visuals here. Mm-hmm. And that's so true for a cl- for a cat, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and Kimmy and in her hot pink boxers that yeah. were a present from Hermione. <laughs> yes, yes. Sitting like a, a yogi master in the middle a of yogi deep master. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Randy gets up and Jake's like, "Um, have you seen the living room?" And she's like, "Oh yes, uh, Harry was ill." And he's like, "Why what? are all no. the animals in there?" No, Harry no. <laughs> had an accident. What, he wet the bed? Isn't he a little old for that? <laughs> right. No, dear, he vomited. See, you know, oh. for, for me, like a, a 15-year-old, that isn't, like, wetting the bed is not the first thing that comes to mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Gonna he would have not have let her know that. He would have been mortified. Cruising through the <laughs> I'm just saying it's never that mentioned in pick. <laughs> well, usually when it's, you know, at Hogwarts, they just scrutify it and it's all over with and we don't have to worry. Although we did talk about the different things that the poor house elves had to clean up. But it's never mentioned. Oh my god, the poor house elves. <laughs> They're always having to clean up these things. Oh, God. Uh, I can't imagine. So she tells Jake that when she went to take care of him last night, that she moved to touch him and he acted like, you know, I was going to hit him for messing the bed. Hmm. And then he said, I'm sorry. I I thought I was with my aunt and uncle. And now Jake's, because Jake still hasn't bonded with him. Jake likes him well enough, but Jake Mm -hmm. can pretty much take care or leave him. But the right. girls in the family all think he's pretty cool. He's keen. He's Harry Potter. He is. He's, he's Harry cool. freaking Potter. You're the da, coolest da, da. kid around. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Everything's great for you. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I love that song. Alright, I'm, I'm going to stop now. Sorry. Okay. I can hear the birds singing in the other room. I moved away from them. Why are you sending us? I'm not even going to go here. Quick, go away. Um, it's the song I was singing. It's really, really funny. Okay, I'll look at it later. Cat obviously knows it. So then here comes Oh, this is the song me. I was just singing? No, it's the one I was the just singing. Was- yeah, okay. Yeah. So Here comes Hermione, and she... Comes over and she learns, and her own instincts kick in, and she goes right to Harry as though it's her right to, Miranda observes. And Jake's like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. And she went to see what happened. And I kind of like this, because for the most part, you know, especially with Puffwa, we read Harry Genefic, where Ron is flying off the handle about Harry and Jenny being in a relationship together, or he's completely fine with it. And, like, there's there's no middle ground. And I really thought that the author did a great job in characterizing a family member of the girl in question uncomfortable with the fact that their daughter or sister has grown up 
and is now, you know, going to be in a relationship with guys and is in, uncomfortable with it on that kind of level, mm-hmm. but is nothing personal against Harry. Right, and I actually noticed the same thing. Jake has noticed that something about Harry sets Hermione off, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like it. And his problem is the same as any father whose little girl is growing up. Mm-hmm. And they even acknowledge right here, um, and he, he says to Miranda, and I don't like it, and she says, watch, watch it, because one day Harry could be your son-in-law. And he says, yeah, I know. And he scowls. <laughs> but I don't have to. I don't have to like it. Yep. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I can just, this is very realistic to what family members, how family members react when they first meet, like, serious boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Not that this is this, but, like, it's just like, well, you know, I don't like it because they're, you know, family's because family. they're them. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not an us thing. It's, it's that they're them. It's not that he's Harry Potter. It's that he's one of them. Yeah. He's not one he, of us yet. He's one of the faceless army of teenage boys that's going to take my little girl away. Mm-hmm. And deflower her, and, you know... Just, no, uh, it's too late for that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we well. haven't had sex yet. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Uh, I'm going to call it a unicorn. <laughs> the one gay unicorn? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it's like the bat signal with the one gay unicorn. <laughs> uh, wow. So, so Hermione <laughs> goes in and kind of wakes him up, and he starts to bat at her and then realizes it's her. And, mm-hmm. and then everything is okay. Everything's and... cool. And, of course, Miranda comes in to make sure he's not feverish yet. Yeah, no, it's just a bad nightmare, and yeah. everything's okay. And they walk out the door, and she turns to him and says, okay, what was it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that. She she knows instantly, and it's really strange that Miranda and Jake are watching, and I think this is through Miranda's eyes, and we're seeing that she knows Hermione, knows, but isn't saying anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she wonders how many other of this boy's secrets is she keeping. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably at least one more than she expects. <laughs> yep. Yeah, probably. Chapter two. (laughs) You know, she wants to know if it's a vision or if it was really a dream and they don't quite know what to do. And Kimmy says, I have spoken to Master Albus and Mr. Harry Potter needs to come with me. He is expecting us. And we go through the looking glass. Oh, no, excuse me. (laughs) I love Kimmy's living quarters. Oh, my God. It was so silly. It's but I was, so I was, funny. I mean, I just, well, we don't have a fireplace, but, you know, the house Kimmy elf does. does. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but Kimmy has one. Come on, let's go. And, you know, dress, get dressed. We gotta go. Yeah, but Kimmy needs You don't want to meet him in, your, exactly in the knickers. Can't house elves. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Pop. Death Roll, are you, are you being vindicated here again? She shoes him to the bedrooms, dressed now. Master Elvis will be waiting for us. It won't do to meet him in knickers and dressing gowns. So Yay! It sounds right there like Harry's in knickers in this one, too. <laughs> Just saying. Well, he did go shopping with Mary, and <laughs> it did. was off screen, so we don't know. We don't know what he's got. He was I in boxers earlier. He, he was, was just in, in boxer, boxers. He can't be in knickers. There was there was not time for a clothing change between scenes. There was not actually. This is true. So okay. we we have an incorrect Briticism here. I'm going to forgive the author. <laughs> I'm gonna forgive. I'm, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that the author was referring to Hermione. Yes, and Hermione. That Harry, Master Harry, was in an appropriate degree of dress. Yes, because he's wearing boxers. Yes, and not knickers. He's he's fine. He's absolutely boxers. He can go. Well, she loves boxers. It's great. That's that's true. true. He's formally dressed, as far as she's concerned. As far as she's concerned, he is dressed. That is very true. That just reminds me of of you know conversations with my brother, where you know he would get out of the shower and go to his room in like boxers and that's it and you know he'd be fine with it and then if i were in like you know short shorts and a really skimpy tank top he'd be like you need to go get dressed and i'm just like it's like 95 degrees out so i mean it, it's i think there there are different standard i it, there are different standards for guys and girls mm-hmm. and i just can i can see that like kimmy is going well you know hermione's not properly dressed right so she leads him to the closet because, come on, hurry up, Master Elvis waits. And they're standing there and she's crawling on the floor and she's like, you can't be up there. You got to come down here. And she crawls in the door and turns to the left and pushes past a couple of jackets and straight into a wall. Only they don't hear her hit the wall. And she's all of a sudden disappeared. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they I follow. And here is a common room, or at least it looks like the common room. It's circular. And it's, you know, pretty good sized with walls and and all of this stuff. And, and there's boxers everywhere, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> They're like, all just, over the walls. We I can just look. And she's like, no, no, come on. We, we got to go now. You can have a tour later. <laughs> I can just imagine, you know, those those things that spin and it, it gives you like the different high choices. Right. <laughs> I can just have <laughs> where it's the spinning and there are like all the boxers <laughs> that Kimmy has. Mm-hmm. And we find out that she doesn't need flu powder because she's connected straight to Albus's fire. And mm-hmm. in they go. And of course Dumbledore is there and he There's a deep and them. serious conversation and Dumbledore looks older than he's ever looked before mm-hmm. and nice. I don't think that line was in there but it might as well have been. I've read this conversation before it yep. was so boring. The question is Harry safe? And the question, are the Grangers safe? And right. Harry mm-hmm. wants to be noble and self-sacrificing and no one's having any of it and Hermione suggests that they go and visit her grandmother. Right. And there's this great moment where Harry's like, oh, it's completely stupid. We'll be totally unprotected there. And is it Harry? Your, your friend Ron, would you say you know him pretty well? Yeah. Do you know where his grandmother lives? And he does. He realizes he doesn't even know if Ron's grandmother is alive. Right. Yes. yes. And it's really a hugely great point. It sounds so obvious. Oh, they're hiding at Grandma's. Okay, great. Do you know where that is? Yeah. No. 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 Not a clue. So mm-hmm. I really liked the deception part of it. Right. Yeah, and I mean that's just special. Or they. Yeah, I have none. I, I, I yeah. They usually spend Christmas with Graham, and mm-hmm. they don't, you know, sometimes. But Hermione didn't go last year because of the Yule Ball, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she'll be perfectly fine with you coming. And Dumbledore is like, "Great, it's all and settled. Just go." I have to bring it up again. I know I did it last week, but this Dumbledore is weird to me. <laughs> He's very chill. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Dumbledore is token. Yeah. <laughs> On Amelia Bones' magical weed. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, he's just, you know, I, I can, I can kind of see this Dumbledore smoking weed. This and Dumbledore is, is very, very casual. Mm-hmm. I, I picture him the sort who's with the scarf of sexual preference redecorating his office because he needs a water <laughs> element, you know. I think I actually saw the scarf in a couple of scenes here. Uh-huh. Uh, well, and Hermione's got a butt in there because, you know, Hermione always has a butt. Oh, I like, thought we were back to her figure again no, all no, of us. No, no. <laughs> Hermione's got a butt. Hermione's got a butt. Yeah, it's, you know, okay, we're going to go to Grandma's. We need to go as soon as possible. Okay, it's all settled. And Hermione's like, uh, but, but what about my parents? Because they don't have time off. They can't stay. What are we going to do to protect them? Emergency port key. Yep. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, I walked away for a second because Pouncer stole something and I need to get the thing out of her mouth. And I come back to, Hermione's got a butt. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so they're going to they're gonna send... We have house elves coming out of our ears now. They're going to send the house elf, a new house elf over to watch her parents. <laughs> Yeah. He's shy and doesn't like being noticed. So poor, you know, Jake, now that he's gotten used to getting his coffee and paper in the morning, is all of a sudden not going to have his coffee and paper. No, he will. I'm yeah. sure he will because sure the house elf will take care of it. Take care of it. He won't be like, you know, he'll be a proper house elf boy mm-hmm. where he won't be noticed. Yes. A house yeah. elf that goes through life without being noticed is an example to all house elves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dobby is not an example of a house Dobby elf. Dobby is not an example, <laughs> example of a house elf. <laughs> and he says, and he says to Kimmy, um, "I suppose that you won't mind if he stays in your in your little place." And Kimmy's like, "Well, I guess not. Only it would be naughty if he fusses with Kimmy's collection of boxer shorts." <laughs> <laughs> and like, "I'll I'll order him not to touch your boxers, okay? Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Harry asks if he can go flying. Yeah. They want to go for a roam around the grounds, and Dumbledore surely thought that they were going off to Snog. <laughs> because they're holding hands. But it's really that Harry wants to go for a fly. Yeah. Yep. And they go walking around, and Hermione finds her first token. Speaking of token. Token. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Dumbledore says, okay, go, don't get lost, have fun, see yourselves out. And then, bye. like, the door, bye, and the door closes behind him, and Harry Hermione heard the bubbling of water or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dumbledore, Headmaster Dumbledore, is that a hookah? Uh, actually, the apartment, my brother's apartment, uh, his roommate smokes hookah. Mm-hmm. And they had like a big hookah stand, and it was actually the first time that I've experienced hookah smoke that like didn't bother me because my roommates, my freshman year of college, had hookah, and this is completely off topic, but whatever. Um, my roommates in college had hookah, and it smelled disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was cheap hookah, mm-hmm. and um, this trip to Boston was my first experience with like legit hookah that like didn't smell like throw up. So I was quite impressed. Yeah, I've tried hookah a few times. It is a definitely interesting experience. Not something that I necessarily care to do a lot of. Um, I'm just happy I'm 
over four years quit from cigarettes. Yay. Yay. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> my doctors are very happy that I've never done, gone the cigarette route because I have enough problems inhaling oxygen as it is. You don't mm. need to foul up your lungs anymore? No, I, they they were they were pretty much like, and you don't smoke, right? And like gave me this like big long stare, like you better not be smoking right now. I'm like, no, I don't smoke. Don't start anyone out there in listener land. Yeah, if no. you've started recently, stop before you get really hooked. And even I if feel so much better. I can breathe easier. I can you know can have athletic activity for longer periods of time. And even it if you is, sm- even if you've smoked for a very long time quit now because my grandmother who started when she was 14 smoked through four pregnancies and you know a whole lot of other things basically died from smoking because mm-hmm. you know there was mm-hmm. nothing else left she she was on oxygen and she was still smoking to get her nicotine fixed. my grandfather did that Oh, don't yeah. worry. This isn't the sort of oxygen that explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, Grandpa. Sure. Just don't do it while I'm in the house. Yeah. For real. Hermione has an uh, Yeah, the, ulterior... this public service announcement is brought to you by Butterfick Weekly. Don't smoke. It's better than some of our other public service announcements. So <laughs> stick with this one. Yes. Yes, yes. This is a good positive message. Okay. Which one Um, are you thinking of, Sue? I'm thinking of Mike. I'm thinking of Mike as well. (laughs) Me too. Oh, good. Mike, we love you. (laughs) We love Mike. So. She says, well, my parents, my grandparents lived before my grandpa died, Mike. They live on this great old beautiful farm because he raised horses and it would be a perfect place for us to work on our quote project project special project mm-hmm. and that almost just sounds like code for snogging <laughs> you have snogging on the brain it's a harmony fic and i'm a harmonian i want to <laughs> i want to get to the good part um so yeah. they decide that they're not going to tell jake and mary why they want to go to grandma's yeah. and grandma does not even know that hermione is a witch no she doesn't and i like that yeah yeah, I do, I do too. That's, I mean, that's legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When my parents discovered I was a witch, they decided not to tell anyone. Truth be told, I think they sort of hoped it was a phase I'd grow out of. <laughs> Oops. Grandma's May nice. want to rethink that one there, Jake and Mary. Yeah. Grandma's and I, I, nice, but she's stuck in her ways. Magic and wizards are fairy tales to her. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just can't, you know, I can just imagine Hermione realizing that she won the family lotto when it came to magic mm-hmm. because you know I, you know i'm just willing to bet there's some witch out there who you know has the crazy religious parents that are just like and witchcraft is the devil's work and we we must like give you, know, you an exorcism i, I would almost want to read that well, isn't oh i would i would love to read a fic where there's like Parents trying to give a muggle born an exorcism. Oh well, I didn't quite read that one, but um, pity. Um, after the end, to be after the end, yeah. And though that was, it it was briefly mentioned. I really want a fic where it's like you know, parents trying to give their kid an exorcism because they were accepted to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That would be interesting. I think, or even not parents necessarily, but if you had, like you say, the the crazy aunt or. 
or what have you, someone who is in the child's life, yes, but I not have... directly above them, because that would not necessarily be. Which is, I mean, like how many how many Harry Potter fans grew up with the crazy religious aunt who thought that Harry Potter was the you know the work of the devil and had promoted mm-hmm. witchcraft? Like that that's such an like a common story within the fandom mm-hmm. that it's kind of interesting that that hasn't been written yet. Yeah. Plot bunny, and I will award points to anyone who writes it. So. Yep. Here it is. Okay, I have one for you here. Oh goody. Not, so, not a plot bunny, but an exorcism. <laughs> an exorcism. An exorcism. Nice. Um, so we get some teasing from Grandma, and she apparently did the same thing to Jake when he started coming around. Mm-hmm. And she's teasing as only a grandmother can. Mm-hmm. Because she's asking him questions that have no answer. And... <laughs> um. She's asking him things like, what's the proper amount of time to date a girl before kissing her? <laughs> yeah, well, um, forever? <laughs> <laughs> what did he think was Hermione's most difficult to tolerate pet peeve? Oh, well, that would be homework. If, if sure, it would be. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, I'm not going to answer that with her sitting right there. Oh, does that mean you think she's perfect? Well, no, who's perfect? And... There's a few trigger words here, and they are wedding, marriage, baby, fiancé, <laughs> and they all send Harry running, sometimes just out of the room, sometimes out of the house entirely. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'd run too, so. As would I. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they say, oh, but but he can cook! <laughs> She's like, cook? Wait a minute. He cooks? Yeah. And he's pugnacious about it. There's a word. Oh, yes. That's like a whole dollar word right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. So, he's going to make lunches, because I've tried to talk him out of it, and it doesn't it, work. Yeah, just go along with it. Yep. So, Miranda gives her mom a hug and a kiss, and off she goes. Well, it's probably kind of nice for Harry to, you know, cook, you know, when he wants, what he wants for, you know, a change, instead of cooking the Dursleys three meals for a day. For people who appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Like, the Dursleys who don't give a shit about him expect him to cook three meals a day and, you know, as Vernon and Dudley eat, like, it's all crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we meet the horse. Yes. Tig. And I have to say that the description of the, of the farm was a little fuzzy, and I have never really actually been on a farm besides yours, Sue. <laughs> Sue, so I was just picturing your farm. We'll get P.S. to explain it to us. P.S. knows all about farms. Yes, she does. <laughs> and... I'm, I'm from Chicago. Like, I, I don't go on farms. Mm-hmm. Farms well, and, scare me. And my farm is definitely not this kind of farm, because this sounds like a... A very, you know, this is a horse farm. There's very different. This is going to have paddocks and barns. And even though they only have the one horse left, it was still mm-hmm. set up for a train. I mean, so. I've, would you say this is like a horse ranch? Because I've been on those before. Yeah, I would say it's more of a horse Okay. Because I was just like, a fa- well, I, like when I think of farm, I think of your place. Because that's the only farm I've ever really no, been on. This is definitely a horse farm. Because yeah, Grandpa is- used to raise them. Yeah. And she's the most laid-back, sweetest horse Grandpa ever had. Had a calming influence, and I love that Harry almost bows to her when he approaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Buckbeak! 
<laughs> so yeah, we, well. we meet the horse, and that's all nice. And they go riding to her special place, the cove, and it's peaceful, it's tranquil, it's very nice. And she says, oh, I like to pretend I'm the only one who knows this is here. Mm-hmm. And this is all just tremendously cute because she's bringing Harry to all these places that were significant to her growing up. The park, the cove, the farm even, and introducing him to Tig. And And there are little, I like that there are little touches of Hermione sharing her perspective of canon with Mm -hmm. Harry. Because he's never asked that about, you know, about her, asked her about that before. And it's kind of nice that, you know, they're sharing. But they're gonna they're gonna ride double. But before they get up and go to ride on her, Hermione runs into the house and comes back with a pair of scissors and cuts a little bit of her mane mm-hmm. and puts it in the marble bag. So mm-hmm. now she has another token. Yes. So and I liked that. That made a lot of sense. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that too. Um, I was a little confused by this though because a rare, not a well-known fact about me is that I used to horseback ride. And first of all, it's really not a wise thing to ride double saddle with somebody, especially somebody who's never ridden a horse before. Like, that is not a smart plan in general. (laughs) Because the horse will most likely buck and you will like have head injuries and problems. Oh, but this is the most mellowest, sweetest horse that ever lived. I don't don't care. They're not galloping, they're just trotting. I don't give a shit. No, somebody was. I, I had a friend whose instructor had her do- her grown teenage daughter on the front of the horse, and she was on the back, and they were riding double. And the horse, who was a, a gentle, you know, calm horse, they were walking, and the horse bucked, and the woman like was in a coma for six months. So it's just you know another PSA: do not ride double saddle. I used to ride double saddle all the time. God. <laughs> Chris, you heard my buck do- bucking off the horse story. I've told it on the podcast before. Haven't you heard this? See, no, I haven't. My mother painstakingly put my hair up in little pink curlers back mm-hmm. back in the day when we had curlers, you know. That's and, not that long ago because I had curlers too. And I left and went out to the pasture and got on my horse. No saddle, no bridle. Mm-hmm. And I'd point her towards the pond, because we were on a working farm at that point. I'd mm-hmm. point her towards the stock pond, and I'd run her towards the stock pond, and then I'd turn around and I'd point her towards the fence. And I didn't have to have any control, because she was just going back and forth between the two things, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But she stepped in a hole and started uh, bucking and bucked yeah. me off. And all of the curlers in my hair went straight up into the air. My brother said I looked like I saw a ghost. And I think we picked pink curlers out of the field for about two weeks. Uh, were you okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been bucked off more horses than I can yeah. count. Um, I'm just saying it's, it's you know, dangerous not to do it. To, it's dangerous to do it with somebody who's never ridden before. Yeah, that's true. Because then they don't know how to fall and there's like a huge like issue with safety. And then my other question was, I couldn't picture them riding English saddle or uh, Western saddle, so I had to picture them riding English saddle. And I was just going, "How?" Like Hermione has, didn't explain to Harry that he are has they, to post. There are they even on a saddle? It almost sounds like she's bareback. Well, she has a bridle, so the bridle has to connect to a saddle. 
No, you don't have to connect her body. Well, to I mean, that's true. I don't know. I think I... they're bareback because she climbs up on the fence to mount. Even she even puts her, throws one leg over the horse's back and positions herself over to use withers. Come on, Harry. Um, even so, like they yeah, she... the horses bareback. Yeah, they're bareback. Okay, so but even so, like the point is that like there's an English style of writing and a Western style of writing, and I just can't picture Hermione who can ride a horse not posting in an English background in an English setting. Yeah, because... but bareback. I mean. Hermione yeah. might be able to post with her knees, but Harry's not going to know how to do that. That's my question. Is like, has Hermione explained that he's supposed Harry to post? Harry knows how to stay on a broomstick, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. And he rode Buckbeak. That's true. He rode Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. Although I, I'll, I, I I'll get the sense it. that Buckbeak took him for a ride. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just was a little weird to me. Just like, eh? Like this is just strange. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Harry, who has no knowledge of horses whatsoever, it's just Hermione's going to throw him on the horse and we're going to go off to yeah, see but, the cove. But can't, wait, stop, well, think come on, about that, this. Hagrid threw him on top of Buckbeak and set him off into the air. How I'm not, I'm not mean? saying, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's out of character letting, for Harry. I'm not saying it's out of. the world get to you. This is very common in the world of Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm not saying it, it, that, you know, it's out of character for Harry not to question it. I'm just saying it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Hagrid throwing Harry on Buckbeak was wrong. Okay. Okay, the cannon was so wrong. We're, we're Got at it. The cove. We've gone to so, the cove. She's never yeah. shown anybody this. This is her very own Avalon. Yeah, that's nice. And they realize that they need to spend more time talking in the next school year. They need to make the time for just this between the two of them. Mm-hmm. 50 bucks on the table that they spend time not talking in the significant <laughs> kissing <laughs> No deal. <laughs> and a little she while back... calls her Mione. Uh, I've always I, heard, heard it Miney. Miney? Miney. Right. And I hate it. Yeah. yeah, I hate it too. Um, but, but she thinks it's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, whatever. It's like calling Harry Harold. We've covered this on Badvic. It's not a good idea. Yeah, don't do it. it it's bad. But Her name's uh, Hermione. before Hermione. earlier, um, he got a token off of her, a yep. lock of her hair. Yeah, he's doing that just now. Yeah. Yeah, and Tom's- well, they realize they need to make more time for talking in the next school year, and then she gets a token off of him. And and don't get me wrong. Nice. I'm sure and Harry is- has an erection. <laughs> don't okay. get me wrong. I'm sure this is like not going this route, but it it really it sounds like they're making voodoo dolls. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to see. I can't remember. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so it's gonna be voodoo animagus dolls. Yeah, yeah. Voodoo. Voodoo. Hoodoo. Do what? I don't know. I don't even know where we are anymore. I've gotten lost. Hoodoo. Nobody um, wants to sing along with me here. Uh, you remind you me of the babe, what babe? The babe with the power. The power of voodoo. Who do you do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. You don't want me to sing. Labyrinth. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen Labyrinth. Oh, what's wrong with you? Okay, I won't say I've never seen it. What's wrong with what? you? 
So you need to see it. I mean, have one more chapter to go. After that, you're going and renting the movie, or I'll send you a copy if I have to. It's a fabulous. You can movie. find it in the bargain bin at Target. It's on Netflix. Instant. We don't have a Target. It's on Netflix. Instant. I I don't have Netflix. Okay, I have one near me. I will go get it and I will send it to you. I well, I have a Walmart, but check, I don't have a Target. Check, oh. check in the bargain bin of DVDs. I'm pretty sure you can find Labyrinth in there. Okay. And the Dark Crystal, it's which is also awesome. the Dark Crystal. I know. Okay, I like the Dark Crystal too, except I didn't like the puppetry in it so much. It scared like, it the was, hell out of me. As yeah, a child. it was really creepy. <laughs> Maybe I do know Lab Lab Labyrinth. I can't even say it. Labyrinth. It's got David Bowie in it. It does. In hot pants and a gigantic crotch. Well, of course. All right, wait. L A B spell labyrinth. L A B. Typical way. I see it. I see it. Labyrinth. Here we go. David Bowie, Jennifer Connelly, Toby Froud. Yep. And a that's baby. It. No, I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> oh, that's good. You should see it totally. Okay. But back to the thick. Our last chapter. We're at three hours. Oh, my God. I thought you said we didn't know where we were. Well, well, I we finally found my. I found where we were because I oh. skimmed down and I found it. And now we've changed, and now we have Hermione on the couch between her father and Kimmy. Uh, well, Wait my first note here on this chapter is that Harry and Hermione go to Diagon Alley with Kimmy, okay. and nothing happened. Nothing happened. That's frightening. I know. But how did we get here? I didn't make it this far in my in my reread today. So we went from being on the horse. To they took the they took the horse back to the barn, and then we flashed forward to them being back in the at the Grangers. Okay, so we're done with Grams, and we're back at the Grangers. Yep, right. Got it. Okay. There's okay. like a half chapter missing in here. Summer um, is over. But the whole point was that they stayed up there for you know, a, at least a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it was every day was more or less the same as we've already seen. There wasn't anything specific. Right. that happened, and it's just them getting closer. In the last line of chapter 21, Harry didn't think to remove his arm from around her waist until halfway back to the barn. Okay. And, and, and one now thing... we're going to Diagon Alley, and apparently Miranda needs to take Harry shopping again because... Yeah, we're not going to Diagon Alley. It's already happened. Oh, it's yeah, already it happened. happened already. Okay, got it. Yeah. And I'm they're discussing, you, you two already went to that wizard market and saw to your school supplies, right? Yeah. yeah. And they go on their own with Kimmy as escort, of course. Um, and it's just, it's it's ridiculous to think that they go by themselves. They're far too independent in this fic. Mm-hmm. There's definitely not enough supervision and attention to their safety. Because yep. the whole reason they're in hiding is... Because that Voldemort's Harry's after them. It's because Voldemort is after them, and it's like, He's oh, the war is on. There, there's everything is horrible. The world is dark. Can we go Christmas shopping? Sure. <laughs> it's like uh, Melinda Leo's pick. Every time they leave to go anywhere, the death something show bad up. happens. Yeah. yeah, but anyhow, we've made it, and she's taking that boy shopping for clothes, and I love him. Dudley's old clothes still fit. She's like, no. I, I can imagine she just gives him the mob look. Oh, it's totally mm-hmm. the mob look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I surprised my, I have surprised myself and given it to my kids on several occasions. And then just be like, I really like this kind of person that I have to give the mom look to them. But I do. Yeah. And nothing happened in Diagon Alley. It would have been a fun scene to have. Harry has to go shopping in. And there's this great quote from Jake. 
don't, Harry. By all things decent and holy, don't. Never let your girl pick your clothes. Wars have been fought over less. <laughs> uh, oh, good. People are still here. Yep. I'm laughing at you. Uh, I am too. Laughing at me? Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. I had uh, to just let the... I left the door open. I Just so we didn't have to keep getting up and down. I've left the door open. So I turned the heat off. I'm now freezing. And I could hear something eating the cat food and so i just leaned way over to look around the corner to make sure it was not a skunk inside skunk. my apartment <laughs> <laughs> it is alex so we're good to go yay we don't like skunks on the podcast no pouncer is purring beneath my feet and now she's trying to attack my feet so they're getting ready to go back to school and harry's having a sleepless night because he's really enjoyed this summer as well he should yeah it's the, this is the first really enjoyable time that Harry has ever had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the first taste of bliss that he's had, and he's earned it. Mm-hmm. He never got this in canon, ever. Yep, and they know, they both know that when they go back to school, it's just not going to be it's the same as it same. was. No. They're going to do their good. best to preserve what they've got here, but... this would, Well, I mean, I almost also read into it that this was an extension of Hermione in the movies, saying, like, everything's going to change now. This was their summer of suspending, you know, the war and just pretending mm-hmm. that everything's okay and they're going to have a day-to-day summer happy-go-lucky kind of fix. And now they've got to face reality that Voldemort's coming for Harry and people are going to die. Yeah. And Hermione um. sneaks in and she's like, it's so exciting, we're going back to school. And he's like, yeah... And she says, I've been thinking. And he's like, ah, there's a shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she's been thinking about the project. And maybe, you know, we can sneak out at night from the castle and figure out what's going on. And I'm so nervous and thrilled and I can't wait for the first full moon. And he says, well, I've been thinking too. And she says, what? And he said, Avalon. It'd be really nice to just not leave or just to disappear. Mm-hmm. And she says, "What about Voldemort? You know, then now there's the elephant in the room. And they're talking. Yeah, and Voldemort is an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> this week does a fabulous job of of portraying Harry in ways that he was not. He did not voice vocalize his fears in canon of that. Like there, I'm sure there was that temptation for him to just." Leave. Disappear. And not, and not fight Voldemort. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Voldemort is a 50 year old wizard who is really super good at dueling. Mm-hmm. And he is a 15 year old who has to beat him. Voldemort's like 68 or something, but that's aside. But he says, whatever happens, I want you to know that this has been the best summer of my life. Hermione caught her breath. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Harry closed his eyes and breathed in. The scent of Hermione's hair was thick in his nostrils. Mm-hmm. Hermione sighed in the darkness. I'm glad you came home with me. Me too. I got to see what it's supposed to be like. What, what's supposed to be like? And he said, a family. This is what my mom and dad would have been like. I can't see them being like the Weasleys. Don't get me wrong. I like the Weasleys. He keeps saying that. But I don't think my parents would have been like that. And I'm sure that's true. Oh, I think that's I, the author right in there. Don't get me wrong, I really like the Weasleys. Yeah. 
And then he says, you need to go back to your room because, you know, we're having another erection, I'm sure. (laughs) um, Yeah. And she's like, why? And he says, I don't want your dad to get you in my bed. (laughs) What about my mom? I I like the idea of your dad. Which is just the silly question at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. So Harry couldn't help the involuntary squeeze he gave Hermione's middle before he let her go. Mm -hmm. I'll see you in the morning. I thought I said squee. I was just like, what? He's squeeing. He's leaving. Oh, that's not right. He's giving a squee. He's giving a squee to Hermione's like stomach. What? Like, what's going on? Like, well, <laughs> you know, you do that with the little babies, right? You just you bust their squee. tummies and they giggle, giggle, giggle. This is back to last week where Ron had an erection and then Hermione was pregnant. <laughs> That wasn't ours last week. That must have been <laughs> yeah. yours last week, because I don't remember that. No, no, it was, it was, um, Ron ejaculated some, oh, like, right. phrasing. That's and right. then Hermione had a pregnant pause, so I was that's just right. like, Oh, no! I do remember that now. Well, I do like this bit here where Harry says he doesn't like the idea of Jake finding them in bed together. Harry can learn a lesson. He has mm-hmm. learned that it would not be a good idea for a girl's father to find said girl in his bed. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has learned this. I'm proud of Harry. It's very true. <laughs> and he has learned this without, like, massive, like, casualty rates or hot <laughs> head trauma or, you know. Any of that stuff. Yeah. So I, I just enjoyed that little bit right there. Yeah, me it's, too. It's good to know that he can learn. Um, I, so thought so far um i will start with mine and i think that this is if it if the fic ended here although dumbledore you know was very out of character for me i think this would be a very nice you know pre-harmonian fic Mm -hmm. um because they're going back to school and dumbledore is going to be predominant and the war is going to get worse i am a little bit wary of what's going to happen but I hope to be pleasantly surprised. I like where this is going. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. There, You know, there's the silly stuff that we, we kind of talked about. There's the haircut and the buying of the clothes and, and all of that. But I, I like where it's going and it, it's been fun. And I really do appreciate the author's detail of how the Animagus pro- um, project mm-hmm. is going to go. I really like this fic. This is a year five story and it hits a lot of really familiar beats and it does them in ways that are, if not necessarily different than at least not full on cliche, like the clothing and the shopping trip. And in my notes, I actually call it Harry goes shopping in all capital letters (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and trademarked because this, I've read that shopping scene a hundred times and it's not interesting any of these hundred times. So we have to cover it, but it's completely disregarded mm-hmm. in the text of the story. And I like that the haircut thing. Yeah. It, it's functional, but the cowlick still sticks up in the back mm-hmm. and it's not ooh, mm-hmm. massive stud. It doesn't go overboard in a lot of the familiar points that it hits. And I really do appreciate that as someone who's read a lot of fix Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of fifth year fix and I've seen them done badly and I've seen them done reasonably well. And this is one of the ones that's done well. 
I will. Yes. I will amend my comment to the fact that I, de- I, I liked the fact that it, the author skipped the shopping scene. I've only seen shopping done once well, and it's the kind of situation where it warranted it, and it, it, it had to be done for the justification of the of the where the fic was going. And it was done in like half a chapter, and then it was over. And I don't think it can ever be done again for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So. so I'm looking forward to what's coming up. We've had 22 chapters to take us from the last couple of weeks of Goblet of Fire all the way through the summer. Um, it seems like a lot of chapters, but they are pretty short. They tend to be to the point. Mm-hmm. They cover what they need to cover, and then they get out. Author does not have a tendency to linger over things and despite that, everything is well covered. There's enough words here to say what we need to say and no more. And we're moving on into the next part of the calendar, which is going back to school. Right. And our first point of view in the next chapter for next week is Ron's point of view. And we're finally going to get to see a little bit of him. Right. It'll be interesting to see him... Um, when he's doing more than writing insensitive letters and <laughs> talking about homework <laughs> and talking about homework and putting Hermione down, I'm looking forward to seeing him begging for help mm-hmm. because they're already all done. Well, of course she would be, right. but Harry is as well. So he's the only one of the trio who's not prepared and he's going to be scrambling to try and catch up. That's going to put him in a foul mood. He's going to be jealous of the fact that. Harry got this chance and the fact that they are finished, even though he did nothing but denigrate the idea. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be hypocritical. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how, I mean, it's been a while since I read this. I'm looking forward to seeing how realistic Ron as a character is. Obviously he's going to be a Pratt, but is he going to be over the top Pratt? Is the first word out of his mouth going to make you want to strangle him? Or is it going to be in the middle of his rant is is when we're finally going to snap? So that's what I'm looking forward to, Um, seeing how they adjust to things back at school. And the first chapter for next week is the train platform. We're going to notice something, and this is actually in an author's note. There are no fifth-year prefects. The author just completely forgot about it. Uh-huh. Okay. So we don't have to worry about prefect meetings or, you know, is Ron or Harry going to be the prefect? Um, it's something that maybe would have helped the story, as Robert was saying earlier. There's not a lot of plot going on in the first 22 chapters, mm-hmm. um, per se as we are used to thinking of the plot. And so it would have been nice to have that element in there as to, you know, give them something to discuss, looking forward to the badge, getting the badges. Uh, badges? We, we ain't got no badges. <laughs> but I do remember from my previous read that it's not really a missed sort of a plot point. And I really feel like all it would do is serve to distract us. Because I, I feel that way about the prefix in most fics. They are just a distraction from whatever plot is going on. I, f- I seldom see the prefect council as anything relevant. Um, mm-hmm. At the most, they're a conscripted labor force and a guard force to place around the castle, and you will duel with Death Eaters if they break in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, which the- is a- 
Which the is a only- point I lambaste in year five. Dumbledore actually says at one point, you can't, they're, they look for students out of bed. They're not some sort of army that you can conscript. <laughs> one thing, um, that's one thing that I like about TSH is, is the Slytherin Parliament. Um, <laughs> and just, I mean, it, it's, there, I, I almost wish you hadn't, told me that because I kind of would have enjoyed going into it not knowing that there there were some, you know there are supposed to be prefects but the author forgot about it because I probably would have forgotten about it too because oh, I'm sorry. apart from Percy like there's no need for them and if the author is basing off of movies prefects are very unimportant yeah yep but right. well, I mean we're with looking the- forward to next week okay we yes we are Sorry, I have a cat that's needing me. He's like, claw, claw, claw. Aww, he needs you. He does. He's ready to fall off my bed, and I was afraid he was going to fall off and crunch, so I'm trying to hold him on because he's right on the edge. This is Alex. Mm -hmm. Hi, Alex. Mr. Matt. I swear, Deathrill, he could hear your birds earlier because every time I heard them, his ears twitched. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know how he could hear him through the headphones on my ears, but I, I think he, he may have. Cats he hears frequencies. Mm-hmm. He hears frequencies. There are things other than frequencies that we could hear. <laughs> you're falling. If I let go of you, you're going to fall on your head. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's uh, what I figured. Uh, go down. Bye. 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 So. Uh, Cat, I am sorry to have told you that, but it is present in an author's note. And if you're the sort who reads author's notes. I don't read author's notes. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, heck. In in fact, like, I'm happy when I don't... Yeah, let's say goodnight. You guys can can do this and I can go check on the chickens real fast. Yep. (laughs) Good night. Good night, everybody. Buenos noches. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.